Welcome to episode 57 of The Kraken Pod, a podcast for Seattle Kraken fans, those new and old to hockey and hockey fans looking to have some fun. Along with you, we try to go into what lies beneath when it comes to everything Seattle Kraken and the NHL. Welcome to the Merry Kraken Christmas episode. We're going to have some fun. Uh, We're going to have a Christmas movie draft off. We'll explain. And huge news for the Kraken pod. Hockey royalty joins us. We get to interview Nick Olchick, which he talks about the Seattle Kraken, of course, how lucky we are to have Maddie Beneers, sweet haircuts, living with his dad. We rate player nicknames, and he's got some things to say about our nicknames, plus a lot more. He's awesome. Can't wait to share that with you. Uh, the skid has ended, you know, the uh, the other skid, the newest skid, and it was all Ebb's dad energy, a sweet backy. That ended it. That was awesome. No dumb questions. What constitutes a penalty shot? And mine, Joey's, three stars of the week. Action-packed, merry Kraken Christmas episode 57. Let's go. Welcome to the Kraken Pod. My name is Jeff Janusik. This is my friend and co-host, Joey Cirillo. Dude, what's going on? How are you? I'm good. Minus, um, it's allergy season. And, well, it's always allergy season if you have allergies. You know, like it never really goes away. And so yeah. I just took a Claritin and washed it down with some Coors Light. So <laughs> I'm trying to get I'm trying to get Claritin clear over the course of this episode yeah. because I can't be uh, sniffling the entire time. I'm not trying to do like ASMR for cold or for sick people. Oh, no, you sound pretty good to me. I, I mean, so I appreciate that. I'm just yeah. such a consummate pro. I can just easily mask all my. That's not true. That's a lie. <laughs> no, actually. So actually, we went to my wife and I went to like a, a friend's uh, holiday dinner over the weekend mm-hmm. and big group, like, I guess, like six, seven couples. And like one of the Jesus. one of our. Yeah, it was fun. We had a good time. One of our friends, when we first showed up for pre drinks, um, my wife and I both looked at each other and you could, we gave each other the look, which was like, Oh man, and that guy's really sick. You got to kind of uh, keep some distance Ooh, from him, but he's, he yeah. still powered through. I mean, he, he was, he was rocking. So yeah, just, well, you know, it's always, it's always patient zero that wants to throw back 10 eggnog. So you have to watch out. Did you have any, any holiday themed drinks and how was the, how was the, the get together, the meal? It was great, man. It was great. We, uh, no, I didn't have any holiday themed drinks. I just straight, straight went to uh, gin and tonics and, and red wine. So, okay. um, I enjoyed it. It was, it was uh fun and we actually kind of, we mailed it in pretty early. We were home by like 10 30 and the rest of the crew, most of them went out, continued to keep going. And, uh, and the guy who was, uh, had a cold, he, apparently he was out till like closing. I was like, wow, this guy's got it. He must be on some, he must have some sweet Claritin going on, something like that. So it also explains why he has a cold. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, got a good group of friends. They like to have a good time. So, uh, but uh, anyway, so that uh, that was about it. But um, no, everything's Thanks. been really good on, on my end. I know uh, we're both getting ready for the holidays here. So you're you got some travels going on, right? Nashville on Wednesday. So this comes out Tuesday. So the day after that, I will be in Nashville. I'm there for a couple of days. And then I am in Boston Friday through, I think, Wednesday. So Christmas in Boston, coming back on the 28th. And then just laying low. I'm not a big New Year's guy. I don't believe in the whole like New Year, New Me, which I know probably doesn't shock anybody. Um, 
So I don't know. Probably just gonna lay low, you know, for New Year's and watch TV with my cat or something like that. What What do you have going on? What's your Christmas plans? I know we're gonna go into this later, so I don't want you know. But share whatever you want. What's going on with Christmas? Do you have, are you a New Year's person? Like, what's the deal with that? Yeah, you know what? Are you um Are you going to uh go to any hockey games while you're on these travels? I so the first thing I did, and this is how like the changing of the guard within me mentally and emotionally has already taken place because. The first thing I did when I discovered that I was going to Boston was I looked up the Bruins schedule to see if it like coincided with my time while I was there. I'm actually missing them by one game. Ah. The entire time I'm there, they're going to be gone. They will be close by ish. They're playing New Jersey on the road one of the nights, but I'm going to be too stretched thin as it is. It's the fucking yeah. holidays. Like there's no way I'm going to be able to make it. So. Um, as of now, the plans are to go to a Celtics game the day after Christmas. So that will be cool. I want to check off. I think I mentioned this before. I want to check off the garden off the list. But no, man, like I, I wanted to go to a Bruins game. They're not going to be in town. I thought about, you know, looking up some, uh, some collegiate D1 hockey over there. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'm trying to keep things a little bit flexible because it's the holidays. And the reality is not everything is up to me. I'm already getting a uh, an Irish pub crawl out of this trip. So I think oh. I've already kind of maxed out my what does Joey want to do? And of course my answer is, well, Irish pub crawl, anything else is a bonus. So we'll see how it goes. Honestly, I would, you know, for as much as I love hockey, I I might choose the pub crawl over a Bruins game. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. Especially I'm just excited for you. Cause I thought Boston, what an awesome city. People are awesome, but it's weird. It's like, I I can't stand the Bruins and I I can't stand Boston sports fans, but like I like Boston people. So like, it's this weird thing. The city is fantastic. So I'm excited for you. That's great. Um, You don't don't love the mass holes, the mass hole sports fans. I I, no, I like, I love mass holes, but it's not the sports. It's the weirdest thing. It doesn't make any sense as no, I like, Oh, I I mean, even when I was there, I saw people in Bruins jerseys like, Oh, that's cool. They're going to the Bruins game. But like when I watch them on TV, it's like, Oh, I hate the Bruins and Bruins fans, but I don't, it doesn't yeah, make it it makes no sense i mean it makes no sense whatsoever I, I totally get it like every time i see a patriots fan i'm just like oh there there goes a massive piece of shit don't even yeah. have to talk to that person i just know they suck exactly i've got friends that are patriots fans from yeah, Boston. Probably, all like, suck. probably your worst friends they are absolutely the worst friends <laughs> absolutely um no so for i'm i'm pretty pumped um we're gonna we're gonna host uh everything we're gonna host christmas Ooh. Um, so we got family coming over for Christmas. So we're doing that. We're gonna go see a Pelicans game with the family on Monday, the 26th. Nice. Then there's a bunch of work and then we're going to have some people over just a couple of friends to have some, like, it's going to be, it's going to be kids, uh, a big kids, you know, new year's Eve thing. So it starts at four. We'll light fireworks. My job is to not, uh, drink too much until after the fireworks are over because, you know, drinking and fireworks launching, not, not good, especially when kids are around. So I've got to, you know, that's my goal right now is like, I'm the opposite. I see fireworks. I'm like, let's get wasted. Oh, well like, no, in my other, I actually had an incident, uh, like 10, 12 years ago, which was, uh, stupid. And I like lit a bottle rocket and I like accidentally pointed it at like one of our friends. Um, and it like, it didn't hit her, but it was like, (laughs) we were all in the backyard drinking like before way before kids it was just like my wife and i were you know i think we were engaged at the time at the time maybe even not but we were all it's like it was like six or seven couples it was fourth of july we're all just like drinking and just doing dumb firework stuff and i was like hey and i like launched a firework and it like exploded probably like 10 feet from her but it was like very like 
at her. It was an yes. accident. I didn't do it on yes. purpose, but yes, I was being yes, a yes. dumbass. I was being stupid. And I, and it was like it was record scratch at the party. It was like, oh, what'd you do? You were that guy for a split. Or for I was. Moment, you no, were I was. that guy. No, no, one wants, like, no one wants to be that guy. That's when I'm for a split second. I was like for the rest of the night. I was like, oh my god, I'm just, and it was it was awkward. Like, and I'm yeah. I was I'm friends with I'm still friends with them and friends with the husband and stuff like that. But it was cool. I golf with them multiple times after that. And uh, but I'll never forget. It was like, oh, dude, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know, man. I'm so sorry. Anyway, all right. So do they still bring it up? I have to. Ask. Do they still bring it up and give you shit? Because I would never let that go just to make it awkward for a split second. I'm like, hey Jeff, uh, remember that one time? <laughs> you know they live in Arkansas, oh, Fayetteville. I haven't hung out with them since we went to Fable like a year and a half ago and we saw them and it was not brought up. Uh, but if we were all hanging out, but there was kids around, it was short visit. So like if we were all sitting around drinking, it would definitely come up. So I would have had like bottle rockets at the door as soon as I went to <laughs> greet you. Like, oh, hey, Jeff. oh, look, what do we have over here? Watch out, fucking crazy hands. Anyways. So I was going to say like, you should come up to this thing that we're throwing, but it's going to be like they're, everybody's bringing their kids. It's going to be... <laughs> Nice. I do. I do great with kids because I get to play Uncle Joey. And the second they turn into little shitheads, I just give them back to the parents and I get to drink and hang out. It's a win win. No, but, actually, you should come and like you just can you just watch them while we just drink? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you want me to be really watching your anyone's kids full time, but I appreciate that. Oh, uh, so anyway, that's it. So we're, we're, we're I'm excited. Um, I'm excited because we don't have to really go anywhere, which is nice. So we're all going to, we're going to be here. Although we have to host. So we got to, I mean, I already started buying booze. I bought a case of wine. So what's today, your, what's your feature dish? One more question. What's your feature dish? We are going to do oh, are ham. Are you going with like a pot roast? What's happening? We're doing a, for Christmas, we're doing a pork loin, um, Ooh. pork loins. And, uh, uh, for, we have not figured out new year's yet. So we, I have to talk about that because we, we don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm not a great, um, we make some good food, but like, I wish I could say like, oh man, I'm going to smoke a brisket or something like that. But man, I can't do that shit. I, I would love to. Yet. I feel like that's like the next level for dad duty is you kind of have to like master the one thing. Like, oh, yeah. have you had Jeff's boudin? Everyone knows Jeff has the best boudin. Yeah. That's what I want to be. Something like Louisiana. So I just feel yeah. like a dominate. It's like, oh, that dude, that dude from Michigan just makes some really kick-ass, you know, I don't know. Gumbo. Like, I, want, I, I want to try and make a gumbo, but I don't want to sit there and stir roux for 45 minutes. Yeah. And, and I feel like sucks, everyone's going to be like, this guy really fucking this gumbo yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, guys so anyway. about, do you ever the 4th of July, like a decade ago, hear what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, we can't have that. So anyway, I'm excited. We're, we're, it's going to be good. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. Uh, you know, work will be a little lighter, which is nice. And good. Enjoy the holidays. So that's good. Deserve it. So we got a lot going on in this episode, man. We got to get to some stuff. Uh, we're going to talk to Nick Olchek, which is just phenomenal. I don't know how we landed him. I'm not sure if he'll come back or he'll be allowed to be come back. He'll come know. back. Sometimes there's a couple of points where he was laughing and I was like, is this out of pity? Because it feels no. He was he, so. he legitimately was awesome. That's all I'm going to say, because you can listen to it here soon. But man, he was he he was great, man. I mean, like legitimately, I'm not, not that I expected anything less, but he's he's fucking awesome. Well, he's just, he, yeah, he's just a cool guy, like easy to talk to. So we're excited for that. Plus, we're going to have a Christmas movie draft off. This is where we uh, have listed, like, we think the essentials, you know, Christmas yes. movies. And then we're going to pick our top three, go from there. Um, but, dude, let's get into it. It's been, it's been a weird December for Seattle yes. Kraken fans. We've been in some skids, man. So let's get into talking about your Kraken reaction. <laughs> So here's what I like is that we ended on a high note. You know, we're recording this on Monday. Uh, so basically yesterday, Sunday, 
We beat Winnipeg 3-2. to two. Some great things happened there. But the week started off on Tuesday, and the Tampa Bay, like, they, the lightning struck, and, like, the, the, the electricity, like, zapped all of the energy out of the Seattle Kraken. And that, that just seemed, it seemed off. Like, they still put out a good effort. They still seemed to work hard. But there was just, it's just, man, a 6-2 lost. Uh, lost a six-two lost uh, to Tampa Bay. We also have we some lower so body bad. industry. We were we were lost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, yeah. we're lost from the loss. That's exactly yeah. how I feel. Yeah, the, we opened uh, the hatch uh, right, yeah. and we entered the code exactly. Yeah, lost. Happened, and then we're like, "Are we being tricked? What's going on here?" And then, you think the show, and then you think the show's good, and then it gets real weird. Nothing makes sense. Yeah. Anyways, it that was space that time was, continuum yeah. rip. Yeah. <laughs> now we're on a flight to Fiji, Fuck Jack. <laughs> Love that show. Um, it, it was great until it I got would rather so discuss, weird. I would rather discuss this, the TV show yeah. Lost. I would too. Talk about this I would game, too. Let's we talk about it. No, so I mean, honestly, like, uh, I don't know really what to say. I'm trying to put the game in my rear view mirror. That's hard. That's hard to say for some reason for me. Because yep. um, it, it was just not a good game for the Kraken. And this is a thing that I actually don't have written down. But we're 0-3 against Tampa Bay all time. All time is kind of a joke because, you know, new franchise, whatever. Um, we're outscored 13-3 in that span. Tampa Bay just has our number. And the biggest highlight for me of this game was a highlight against the Kraken. I'm sure that you were uh, really appreciating this one too. But Braden Point, I mean, he made our entire defense his bitch. I made a joke. I was like, if this were a prison, we'd be like like Adam Larson would have to be walking behind Braden Point with his like index finger hooked onto like the loop of his jeans being like, you follow me everywhere now. Like, this is my house. Because like – it, it was an it was an ultimate highlight play. It was incredible. Unfortunately, it was against the Kraken. It just wasn't a good game all around. The highlight for me for the Kraken was when Yanni uh, fought his former team. That yep. was pretty impressive. Uh, you know, Donato he got the last second goal. The score is really six to one. He scored at the very end. It didn't really mean anything at that point. Um, and, and for Braden Point, uh, that game for him was a four game uh, goal streak and nine goals in his last nine games. He's just hot. The team is really good. Uh, you know, they're coming in hot. We're in their barn. And again, it was a weird period. And you and I kind of thought that the Kraken might trip up here against Tampa Bay. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. The Lightning are just really good. They started off a little wobbly, but they've solidified. Yes. And I mean, they're one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And they just made it look that way. Yeah. Easily, easily taking us down. But, you know, like there were some good things to come out of it. Like you said, seeing Yanni, you know. The stand up and and whip on his uh, his former team which is pretty cool. I'm sure he got some shit, some some text messages after that. Oh, um, but also too, like Gru, like even with the six two loss, like there was there's some highlights for Gru. I mean, so that was cool. Um, you know, so if you really have to look at it, I mean, look, if we're gonna go through a slump and we're gonna have a bad month, December's not terrible. You know, yes, holidays. We got some weird, um, you know, some weird East Coast trips going on. So it'd be nice to get to the new year and kind of like get into the swing of things and get through all this sort of stuff and maybe, you know, patch it up. So we lose six, two to the lightning. The lightning are really damn good. And that's what it really comes down to. Hey, listen, if we can't, um, you know, if we can't handle the, the Kraken at their December, then we sure as shit don't deserve their 10, one and one November. And yeah. you mentioned grew and I'm glad you did. And I kind of glossed over, well, I didn't fucking say anything. So, uh, with Gru, that was really interesting because he he does get pulled in the game, and of course, you know this sets social media ablaze with the hot Gru takes. It's either like a love or a hate for him for some reason. 
Um, and then Jonesy comes in, he gets scored on twice almost immediately. Again, this is one of those things where it's like, I don't, I honestly don't think it mattered who was in net for the Kraken. Tampa Bay was on fire. Their Kraken came out and they looked like they were asleep to begin with, like the team I'm, as a I'm whole. I'm telling you. Yeah. So it's just one of those things, man, where like if you're watching the game, the energy was not there for the entire team. I don't think it matters who was in net. Moving on, like, you know, the crack ended up losing six to two. And the good, the best part for me about this game was we're getting the fuck out of their barn. Yeah. Just Florida was weird to us. I can tell you that because you, you were coming off that weird Florida Panthers game. Yes. Um, you know, where that was just nuts. And then, so like Florida was, it was strange. So glad to get out of Tampa and then went on to have a really good effort. Although we, it was, ish. that was ish, but like we still, <laughs> we, we lose to Carolina three to two. Right. But it was, Look, the key comes down to this because once we start breaking down the Winnipeg game, you'll see we've got to outshoot. We have to outshoot the other team in order mm-hmm. to win the game. If we do it, we win the game. It's just it's it's pretty much a must. And the teams that can keep us from getting shots on goal are going to beat us, right? And this is kind of kind of what happened. So the Kraken lose three to two to Carolina. Um, it was very. It's kind of the same thing, sluggish, slow. And then all of a sudden something clicked and we almost pulled it off, but we didn't. It was too little too late. And I I agree with everything that you just said. Three words for me, pucks on net. For some reason, this team has like these weird lapses where it's just an extra pass, two extra passes. It's like, for some reason, it's like you watch a game and a team will go from scoring you know, five goals a game to be like to, to it. It looks like no one on any line wants any part of trying to shoot the puck minus like Daniel Sprong. For some reason, that guy's always, always feeling himself, which I really appreciate the Kraken were outshot 14 to three in the first period of this game. And no uh, surprise that they were down to nothing going into the second period. It's really not fucking uh, rocket math here, Jeff. It's one of those things where it's like, if you put fucking pucks on net, eventually things are going to happen. And the Kraken figured that out. But again, it was a little bit, um, is too little, too late. And also, I have to give credit to uh, Kochetkov, a.k.a. Coochie. Um, this wasn't talked about a lot on the Kraken broadcast, which is fine. I actually was uh, on a, a podcast with the, the Hockey Podcast Network uh, with our producer, Brandon. And I was uh, a guest on his podcast. And they were telling me how their goalie was coming into uh, the game against the Kraken with back-to-back shutouts on the road. And the last game that he had, they won one nothing. So this dude's coming in hot. And when they told me that, I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, we got some weird stuff going on. Alexiak is still out. Schultz is injured. He's probably not going to dress uh, for this game. And then, you know, they have a hot goalie and they're back in their barn. That's a hard, pl- a hard place to play. So anyways, all those factors aside, uh, the Kraken end up losing. And again, you know, they did, they did start to put some things together late, but it just, it, at the end, it just wasn't enough. And in fact, um, when Donato got the first goal, and it was a great screen by Oliver Bjorkstrand. I couldn't tell if he actually scored or he got the screen, but he got the screen. Donato got the goal. That was the first goal given up by Kuchi in 151 minutes and 26 seconds of ice time. That is fucking bananas. Well, I'm going to say this. Number one, the nickname Coochie's got to go. It's got to oh, get out well, of here. I love it. <laughs> you love Coochie. I-, I love Coochie. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic goalie. Don't make it weird. Don't make it Soft, weird. You're making it weird. A softball. Just a softball. You just smoked that thing out the, out the yard. <laughs> yeah, I did. I just, yeah, I just. Yeah, Good I'm, job. I'm walking with the bat in my hands. While We're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. But uh, <laughs> this is a win for me because I feel like th- this is what happened is like the roller coaster of vibes 
you know, we the 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 roller coaster tried to get up after the Florida game, almost pulled that one off. Um, and then, you know, the Tampa Bay, man, we just hit that dip. But to to walk out like they woke up in the third period and almost made it happen. Mm-hmm. We lost three to two against a really awesome team. Again, we're playing, you know, we played two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, two of the best teams in the league, right? So yes. that's a win right there. They they kind of figured it out and they took that momentum. I think from that third period into the game against the Winnipeg Jets, AKA the Peggers Peggers on, on Sunday. Now, now look, there's something here that we got to, you, you've been giving me all the credit in the world for these good vibes parlays. And uh, so here's the story is I tweeted from Kraken pods account about my, my good vibes pick for this game against the Winnipeg Jets. And it was the same game parlay with DraftKings. And yes. I picked Eberly to score a goal. And you, the day before, mm-hmm. right, on Saturday, put something about Ebbs and because Ebbs, it was, that's what it was, at practice had his son on that sweet little, like, seal. Daughter, yes. It was daughter. I'm sorry, his daughter. My bad. Sorry, Ebbs. Um, that's bad dad energy for me right there for not knowing bad that. Bad dad. Yep. So, anyway, it's like a sweet picture from practice of him with his daughter on the ice. And, mm-hmm. and you said – you said in the tweet something like that's big you know, that that dad energy right there. Eb showing that it's very dad real. Energy. It's very real. Everyone thinks I'm joking about this. I've been riding this fucking wave, dude. You're right. You, I might we shoot. I know we keep talking about t-shirts, but like I might we need, might, might need a dad energy t-shirt that I'll just own, um, and like go you know like make that my brand. But um, you said he's gonna get a goal tomorrow in that tweet, yeah. didn't you say something like that? Yeah, I said he's going to score. He's going to score. So, like, yeah. you called it. Thank you for giving me the credit for the – I just I just piggybacked off yeah, you. You took the rest of the parlay together. You took the over. You took the over on goals, which hit exactly. It was four and a half. They ended up scoring five goals total. You took the Kraken to win on the money line. And the Kraken ended up winning this game three to two. So, I mean, like, with our powers combined, we hit. You are the master of guessing the goal scores. I'm just happy that I hit once on this one. So, I you was – did. It, it was easy. It was an easy one for me. Once I see the dad, the dad energy, I think it's real. I really like, I see that photo though. And what I see is an individual who's not just like solely focused on hockey or the fact that they've just lost the past couple of games or anything like that. I see a dude just out there who's a human being enjoying time with his daughter and push around the ice and having some fun. I see somebody who's loose and mentally in a good place. I see that. I'm thinking this guy's going to fucking score and he scored. He did. He did. And that takes us to the game against the Winnipeg Jets. And the Jets, also a really good team. Also yes. great goaltending. And that that goal, man, that was awesome for him oh, to just cash ah. in off that rebound. Just a sweet, like he just whipped, like he is, if you remember back to when we first coined the sweet backy term, mm-hmm. it, was, it was off of an Eberly goal. Like one of the first goals in Kraken franchise history was yes. a sweet backy from from Jordan Eberly. Yes, it was. And it's his thing. It's just kind of his thing. So it was, that was great. So that was fantastic for him to get that. And the whole game um, overall was, was, was awesome. So, you know, that's pretty cool that we took them down and, and I didn't know this great stat from you that they had a five game road win streak, which was a franchise record. And we ended that. Yes, we did end that. And um, the Kraken just overall were a better team. We doubled them up quite literally on their shots. Like the, we outshot the peggers 34 to 17. The reason why they got two goals is because the Kraken couldn't get out of their own way. And they kept committing penalties. The first penalty that Winnipeg scored was on a five on three. 
basically committed like two penalties within a minute of each other. As everyone knows, our PK is not strong. PP strong. PP pretty strong, especially compared to last year. PK not so strong. And, um, you know, they're a good team, and they took advantage of that, and they scored on us twice. But, no, like the Kraken were great. Uh, they played a solid game. And I and as I was saying, as I was watching the game, I'm like, if they keep this pressure up, they're going to score. And I think a couple minutes after that, they scored. It kind of broke that open. I'm really happy that happened. Dude, that freaking Eberly sweet backy. The spinning, like, unbelievable. I love, I love catching it from the left circle, and he has it on the front of his stick. And then you just see him raise his stick just enough to where he he transitions the puck and is now in the back of his stick. And as he does that, he's like doing the spin circle, like karate kid move, sweet backy, back of the net, unbelievable goal. Might be my favorite goal this season. Eh, I don't know, it's probably like 1B next to uh, overtime. Matty Beniers from uh, Burakovsky. That was insane. But anyways, unbelievable goal. Also, shout out to Piper Shaw because she was tweeting out sweet backy, and I know that she's adopted it too. So, yep, Piper, yep. thank you for keeping this going and being a thing. But no, man, overall, really good game. And guess what? Like The Kraken are a good team. We're on a mini skit again. These things are going to happen. We've said this time and time before. Yeah, it was nice to have a 10-1-1 November. That is not the reality to have throughout an entire season. Otherwise, it'd be like one of the best teams to ever play the fucking sport of hockey. And you kind of just have to like, you know, hunker down and get through some of these hard games. And that's what the Kraken did. They found a way to win this game. And now guess what? Coming up, we have two games against teams that are very winnable before the break. Uh, We need that because first couple of notes that I'm seeing here as I'm looking through the crystal ball, the Mm -hmm. Pacific division is getting tight, real tight. It's getting super tight because it's getting uh, coochie tight because (laughs) God, because he's a good goalie. He's a really good goalie. Hey, you know how hard it is to five-hole coochie? You don't see it happen often. All right, I'm putting an... Uh, uh, coochie it. lives in the crease. The crease is coochie. All right, I'm done. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh like I have kids <laughs> listening. They're asleep. So, uh, the, where were we? The Pacific Division is tight right now. I guess I'm saying well, that I'm word. Side side. I'm done. Okay. I'm done. Okay. I'm all done. right, all right, all right. All right. Because, you know, we're playing one of these teams coming up here. That even, like, the Canucks, they're only 10 points. Really, they're only uh, – I can't do the math there. Uh, eight points off from us, right? Uh, but yeah. we've kind of slipped in the standings. That's allowed the Oilers to start catching up a little bit. Mm-hmm. The Flames start to catch up. So Alberta's on our heels. And who knows what's going to happen with the Canucks. But, you know, we're two points behind the Kings, and the Golden Knights are still kind of – you know, they've, they struggled a little bit, but uh, yeah. they're still ahead yeah. of us. So, like – now, here's something else as we're going into this week. Something that I was just thinking of is, you know, what we haven't heard a lot about, who I, we haven't heard a lot about in this sort of like slumpy time, right, is Maddie Veneer scoring. Mm-hmm. And I went back and looked at the stats. And so far in December, he's only had like one, two, four points so far in December. Okay. Now, I'm looking back at his game, his game breakdown. And what, what, what did we go in November? 11 and one, 10, one and one, 10, one and one. Now here's something that's interesting though. Um, he had a, a five game point streak starting on October 23rd, going into November. So November one, he had his fifth point, but then he went one, two, three, four, five, six games without a point. Okay. So like we're winning games. He didn't start scoring like crazy until November 19th, two points, three points, one point, three point, two points. So like he was, he just racked them up. Yeah. So now here we are. Here we are uh, at the beginning of December. 
right? Well, just middle just, now, which is crazy to even think about that Christmas is just a couple days away. Well, what I'm looking at, you're right, but I'm looking at oh, the you're stats. Saying now, now, as far as the stats go, apologies. I notice, I notice a trend. I notice a trend here, right? So back at the beginning of November, he had a point, and then he went six games without, right? A little dry spell. A little dry spell. So we've got, we're in a dry spell right now. We've, we're about, you know, he... We're like, uh, so he had that two-pointer against Florida, right? But he, other than that, he's had five games without points. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? He had an assist against the Peggers. What I'm saying here, if you look at his actual game-by-game game stats and this pattern, I think he's about to go off for the rest of this month. I, I fucking love this. Yeah, I'm, predicting, I'm predicting that Maddie Beneers goes off this week and then through the new year, and that's – where the crack can get back on track as we should. Uh, we've kind of gone through the gamut of really good teams. We've, you know, we've, we've run the maze here. So I'm saying this is if you look at Manny Beneers breakdown game by game breakdown, there's a strange pattern here. And the last time he went on a six game, you know, scoreless streak, he then rattled off one, three, six, 11 points, 12 points in six games. Okay. He had a point against the Winnipeg Jets. I'm saying Maddie Beneers goes on a 10-point streak over the next six games. This is the Ted Lasso that I need in my life. I, I love everything about this, um, and I'm here for it. I'm, I'm curious to see how this goes. I am also calling uh, the Kraken on Thursday are going to beat the Canucks in Vancouver and end that uh, – winless streak that we have against them too i'm calling that as well that's an easier call i'm just going off of i'm just going off of vibes here but i do think these last two games but i actually think the crack are going to win their next two games we can get into them uh, in a second here you think maddie's going to go on a heater i think Kraken are going to take the next two games and the next two games coming up you know i forgot to mention and i feel bad that i did but i have to give him uh props where it's due uh that game against uh carolina I know that the Kraken took the loss there. Gru had 36 saves and played a hell of a game. So I just got to shout that out because a lot of hate out there. And he, he did stood on his head. That dude played an outstanding game. So it's easy to forget. We do. We do. We actually now we like gloss over some things that he does. And we're so quick to jump on him when we think he's doing bad. But man, he, he was really, really, really good. So anyways, coming up here Tuesday night, the St. Louis Blues. Jeff, I have. A fact that nobody has talked about in the history of the St. Louis Blues even existing. Are you ready for this fact? Is this was this what the fact that you've mentioned like every podcast episode? I don't know what you're talking about but of this season. Go. I'm pretty sure you've mentioned this almost on every podcast episode. The, is this the what, number is, one fact that everyone needs to know about the St. Louis Blues is that Jordan Bennington is a giant bitch piece <laughs> of shit, and that his girlfriend peed in the Stanley Cup. This is important for everyone to know. It's critical information uh, coming up for the game against the Kraken in Climate Pledge Arena. Just just know that Jordan Bennington is a, is a massive bitch and his girlfriend peeing the Stanley Cup. So <laughs> Jordan Bennington has, has he, like, look, he, he, for, he had that streak of, of being really a bitch on the ice the past couple of uh, weeks because he this was going out of the crease. Season. He's been, he's been very chippy. He's always, he's, he is, he definitely is uh, an angry goalie and he definitely is somebody that is in people's faces. Now, look, the, the girlfriend peeing story, I'm just saying this, I'm not defending peeing on Lord Stanley's cup. Huge if true. 
I'm not defending it, but I'm saying is that's probably in the ranking of, of things that crazy things that have happened, happened to the Stanley cup that we don't know about. Oh, dude, can you even imagine? I mean, I mean like the things that we do know, that's the probably one of the worst if it did happen, but yeah, I think the things that we don't know would like, would make the Bennington girlfriend scenario look like they ate a bowl of fucking cereal out of there. Like Ovi did, you know what I'm saying? Like it would make it look like nothing like that. That Stanley cup has seen some shit. It, yeah, and probably has actually literally seen some, that. some literal shit actually. Yeah. Hopefully just a baby or something like that was in there. Like, Oh, get the picture of the baby in the Stanley cup. And then like, you know, just let loose. <laughs> I mean, which would be a good story. It would be a good story. So the blues, you know, they, they're dealing with some injuries. They've had, you know, some of their key players are just kind of warming up that sort of thing. So, yeah. um, you know, the blues are a sneaky team. They're always a solid team. They're, they, they're always solid. Um, you know, Jordan Bennington can be really good. I don't know what to think here. So I don't know what's going to happen with this game. I really would like to see a win. I mean, we do, we have a short week I mean, we have, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, we only have two games this week. Until the um, break. right until the break. So, you know, it would be nice to go into the break beating St. Louis. And then I just, I just, I finally feel it. Although I called it last time. Uh, I thought this was going to happen. We're in Vancouver. We've got to beat the Canucks last, the last game against the Canucks. If you remember, I said that was when we were kind of struggling before we went off. I said, we've got to beat this team. We've got mm-hmm. to beat the Canucks. We, we have not beaten them ever. We have to beat them. We hadn't gone off on that Epic run just yet. This is it. I'm just going to keep saying it is like, this is the must game win of the season. They've got to win this game. They've got okay. to win this game. They have to beat Vancouver before they go into the break. They need yeah, Vancouver, it. Vancouver is not a good team. A good team should beat lesser teams. I mean, if you want to break it down real easy, that's that's it, right? Like we're going yeah. to Rogers Center, take care of business, and then go enjoy your Christmas. Yes, exactly. That's what that's what needs to happen. So um, I want to see him beat the Canucks on Thursday night. So I think we could do this. I think the Blues. I think so too. Let's beat I'm up on I some. I think we're catching St. Louis at the right time. I mean, like, we didn't. I mean. Like, they're 15, 15, and one, man. They're kind of on the middle of the road. It is what it is, but they are a good team and they have won three straight. Now they are playing tonight against Vancouver, ironically enough. And again, mm. they won three straight. But here's the thing we're catching them at a good time because they're on the back to back end on their road swing. So they got Vancouver tonight, uh, the Kraken on Tuesday. Hopefully they're a little tired, a little banged up, and the Kraken can just take care of business. And then we can go up to Rogers Center and end, uh, you know, and end this part of the season on a good note. That's what I believe is going to happen. Well, we're recording this uh, the Monday night, so the game actually is starting here shortly. Mm-hmm. So once this episode wraps up, I'll watch a few minutes of that, see what, what kind of scouting I can do. Uh, uh, it's probably just Jordan days. Bennington, him yelling at people. All right, so here's uh, – okay, I'm not going to go on a full rant here because we have to wrap – You know, we have to move on to the next part of the podcast. But I will say – and it just, it just validates everything that I think about this guy, which is, again, huge bitch. Um, but for him – I think what bothers me the most, and I've seen a lot this season, is you never see highlights, again, this season, of him with, like, outstanding play, right? Like, you never see, like, what he's doing being shared across, like, social media or anything like that because he's had such a good game or a highlight save or anything along those lines. It's always him acting like a complete fucking jackass. And it's always when he's like getting lit up in a game too. I get that he's mad and he plays like a mad goalie. He's got a chip on his shoulder, whatever his deal is. I don't know, but I just think it's a little ridiculous that the guy is always in the news and it's always for the wrong reasons. Like I would fucking hate to be a St. Louis blues fan 
and know that I have to root for this guy. Like watching his behavior every time he's out on the ice is just, it's even like comprehensible to me. I would not be, I legitimately would not be able to root for him if I were a Blues fan. Well, maybe, you know, like his, you know, villain origin story was winning the Stanley Cup. I mean, he's a Stanley Cup winning goaltender. You know, yes, that is also true. Does he have to act like a jackass all the time? And like the things that he does, like players um, will skate by him on the opposing team and he'll like stick his skate out or stick his stick out and try to hit him. Come on, man. Like, I, I don't know. I just I'm so tired of seeing that shit. And one one of these days, and I know what happened in the game recently where he tried to do that. And the guy actually like checked him and he fell on his ass. And I'm like, that is just a slight taste of karma. This guy sucks. Anyways, I'm done talking about Jordan Bennington. I've said enough. Well, I would say this is if I look, I, I, I can be a nice guy to a fault, you know, a little too nice sometimes um, to my detriment. But if I had a Stanley Cup ring, I might just slap people out of the blue. Like you would just I would, slap people. Yeah, I would like backhand like I would I would probably backhand a grocery store checkout person, um, <laughs> you know, like even if, if like, hey, OK, uh, are you going to pay by card or cash? I'd be like, shh. Like, don't ask me that. I'm a oh, the five fingers stay to the face. And they're like, yeah. what? And then you just smack the shit out of them. And then everybody else in the store. Now, if we were in the South, they'd be like, obviously mad. But if we were in like a hockey city, they'd be like, oh, well, yeah. Psh, why would you ask that question to yeah. Jeff Januzic? Right, thank, you for coming, thank you for coming to Kroger's. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Absolutely. Psh, and I would just yes. smash. Just do it again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I would walk through grocery stores, just pick up beers and just you know, drink them and be like, hey, where? Uh, what? I didn't see anything. Do you see pretty beer? sure, pretty, pretty sure gone. now you're just describing like Stone Cold Steve Austin skits from like wrestling in the. Then what I would do is say, "Oh, you want it back?" And I would just like unzip and just leak, take a leak on the floor. Oh, there okay. you go. I'm glad that that went there, not somewhere else. But yeah, yeah. No. no, man, that's good. Hey, if you want to walk around slapping people, I thought you were going to throw out something like it's the national anthem, and you're just like just slapping dudes for no reason. Just be like, you know what? I don't, I don't respect anything right now. I want to no, 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 no. If the, if the national anthem was playing, I would, I would respect that, but that's about it. I would respect would the national anthem immediately afterwards. I would then start slapping people. Yeah. Like I would, mascots, I would are mascots safe. Would you slap mascots? Oh yeah. Yeah, I would. I would slap everybody. I would be, I would be, I would, I would, with the weight of a Stanley cup ring, I would join those slap face slapping competitions. You know, you see those things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Have you ever seen some of those, like some of those TikToks, man, some of those guys the, who do, and the women who do it too. Like, I always love seeing like the, the one guy who's like, you know, he looks like, Oh yeah, this guy's a hardcore slapper. And then you see the, his opponent, you're like, Oh my God. And then like he, the, that guy like slaps the, like the, the giant opponent. Yes. Like, oh, that, was, that was a pretty meaty slap. And then the giant comes back and like literally blast the dude into like next week like mm-hmm. obviously concussed him caved yes. his head in yeah like that would just wear a stand the cup ring right i would do that and that would just that's how i would win so okay. wow yeah i would be slapping everyone like backhand I, I, people. Hope, I hope that we get so ingrained in the organization that like years down the road or whatever i'm not saying i want this to happen years down the road the sooner the better but one day like the kraken win a stanley cup and like jeff and joey we don't know why you guys are here, but you're here. Thank you for all the work that you do, being these two idiots living in New Orleans, talking about hockey. We are going to give you honorary Stanley Cup rings. And by the way, I think we have some owners that follow us on Twitter. So if you're listening to this, Mr. Like Lewicki, whoever whoever's part of it, please like just save this. Um, and I hope that when they do, they honor us and we get honorary rings. And then when we do, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to be like, all right, Jeff. This is your moment. Remember episode 57 back in 2022? If you don't start slapping people, you're a fucking phony.
And you'd be the first person that would be slapped. I mean, because you I were would, like, you'd be right there. I would, I would wear that slap with honor. I'd I'm have like, to by law slap you. Integ- this is a man of integrity. This is a man of his word. We would are I be so like, in the depths right now. It is <laughs> it is awesome. Would I be like crying, being like, I, I don't, I, but I have to. And you'd be like, I understand. And like smash. That would be uh, it. I think you'd be fake crying because I, I was like, the, after after working with me, for a, a period of time, at some point you're going to want to slap me naturally. This just gives you a great excuse. Well, I was on a I, I was on a morning show with a friend of mine for like 11 years, and then that was it. So like, okay, you know, so like we got about 11 years. I'm just saying that. Okay. So anyway, maybe it'd be time to slap you. You'd want to slap me. We would just like slap each other. But yeah, we could. Either way, right now. So this actually is a good segue here, Joey, because we have we have had Piper Shaw on the show, right? She's yes. awesome. She's a friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Where are you going with this? <laughs> Just wait. Just wait. If we can, like, we're basically, like, we're slowly, be, I just, I, I feel it. Like, we will somehow be asked to be part of the Kraken broadcast team. Like, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And if we could do that and get ourselves ingrained in that, like, the they may, I don't know if broadcast teams get Stanley Cup rings, but I think long, some, some do because they've been with the team for so long. Mm-hmm. So like we were there since the beginning. I would just say like if we just keep going, you know, we got Piper Shaw, like check. We've got some we got broadcast Kraken broadcast royalty right there. Now, Nick Olchick, like check, like hockey and Kraken uh broadcast royalty. Then mm-hmm. 4Z, like everybody, JT, everybody. Like we just check. Then like we're pretty much part of the broadcast team. Like I will just say it. Like yeah. we we are really if you think about it, we really pretty much are. And we should also get a paycheck at this point. Yeah. We can do like root sports after dark. It's like they have the normal broadcast and then like they throw us in there to be like, hey, by the way, if you want the unedited version of Crack and Talk, you can watch Jeff and Joey and root sports after dark. And we can just own that entire thing. Oh, dude, that was like back in the day um, watching NHL tonight on ESPN2 with John Butchergross and oh, really? Barry Melrose. And that was awesome because it was like eleven thirty midnight, and it was just off the rails, like the funniest stuff. Like, you know, you know John Butchergross, right? Yeah, um, he, yeah, yeah. He, 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 like he's he's a you know he does Sports Center now, just but he's also a big hockey guy. He's hilarious. He just would say the craziest stuff. Like that, sh- that's a great idea. We should we should do that. Call. Just saying. We have so many ideas. We need we need to hire more people. We we have no time for anything. Let's but. just go to hiring. Let's just hire everybody in twenty twenty three. Let's just hire them. We'll pay you an IOU is like in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. So, good segue here. We're pretty pumped. I mean, in all seriousness, uh, it was it's so nice that this guy gave us some time. We had said originally when we set this up, like, yeah, maybe like thirty minutes. Well, it went way over thirty minutes. We worth, we held him. We held him captive. Every like worth it. This guy's so awesome. So big time, cracking pod honor to have Nick Olchik on the show. So enjoy talking to Nick. Nikki O, that's what we got to cement. We'll discuss during this interview, but Nikki O, that's his name, and we're pumped to have him on the show. So enjoy this this interview with Nick Nick Olchek. All right, so we're super pumped. This is awesome. We are very excited to have on the Kraken Pod today. Uh, Nick Olchek is joining us from the Seattle Kraken broadcast team and from hockey, a uh, 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 hockey Royal family. Like this is a first for us. We have like royalty of hockey on the family. Nick Olchek, how, how are you doing, man? How are you? 
Jeff, Joey, thank you guys very much for having me. Uh, been able to tune into some of your guys' work, and I uh, think you guys do an awesome job, uh, both being entertaining and uh, informing, informing the listeners. So it's uh, great to great to be with you guys, and looking forward to uh, having a couple of laughs, learning a few things, and uh, having a good time today. So I got to give props, you know, because we like to have fun on the Kraken Pod, and you know, uh, you know, we're not um, as. PC. PC or statistically driven like you and Allison may be. <laughs> uh, I also want to give props to the Seattle Kraken PR for allowing you to come onto the Kraken pod. So cheers to them. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, a huge mistake. No, it's all good. But uh, so I, I really want to just jump right to it. You know, the, the Seattle Kraken, I'm going to go right hard right at you. Um, the Seattle Kraken are going through a few trials and tribulations right now. They're not on that hot streak that they were just like two weeks ago. Um, they had a killer, you know, basically month and a half. And now they're starting to go through some things, you know, yeah. is what are they going through? What's happening? What are you seeing? And, you know, I'm, I'm Mr. Positive on this show. Is this what is going to continue to gel them as they go through these sort of hard knocks? So what's happening right now with the Seattle Kraken? What are you seeing? Well, I think, you look at the month of November, you win 10 of 12. That is a historic month for any team, let alone the Seattle Kraken. And I think you just saw everything start to come together, right? Offense was there. It seemed like every game in November, they were scoring four or five, or in some cases against the LA Kings, nine goals, where the offense always found a way to come through. And other than maybe that game against L.A., defensively, very strong, very stable, not just from the goaltending position and from the defensemen, but the forwards helping out in the D zone and and doing their job most importantly. And then you come to a new month in December where sometimes you just can't explain why you're going through a little bit of a tough time. But I I think you look back to the game – the, the least the most recent game that they've played. And you look at that game against the Tampa Bay Lightning and go how good Tampa was defensively in their own zone where the Kraken had a tough time getting to the net. They had a h- tough time generating second and third opportunities. I think they only had one rebound shot after 38 shots taken, a lot of perimeter play. So while they did have a very good effort in terms of having constant and persistent pressure in the offensive zone. A lot of it was from the perimeter, and they just couldn't find a way to get to the net. Now, I think you look at that game specifically. Now, all the games in December have been very, very different in their own way. You're going to go through peaks and valleys throughout the course of a season where the offense is going for one stretch of games. Maybe it's not going for another stretch of games, and you got to find other ways to win. It's also been a tough stretch on the road trip. Right. You go Washington, Florida, Tampa and then Carolina. I mean, that is a hell of a trip um, going into some tough buildings against some great teams. So I think why are they struggling lately? Why aren't they? Why, why haven't they been able to get back to a win streak? I think these are just the peaks and valleys of a season. Uh, you're going to go through times where you, you don't, you're not scoring four goals each and every game. Uh, it's been a little bit of a, a back and forth in terms of the goaltending position. Um, and I don't think you can blame the goalies for any of these losses at all. I think it really just does come down to managing the puck in certain situations where sometimes it's better off to be a little bit more simple and just chip the puck in deep, or instead of trying to make a stick handle or a pass coming out of your own zone, nothing wrong with just hoofing it out or using the glass to live, 
you know, to, to try and live to uh, fight another day or make another play. So I think as a whole, uh, anytime you go through a great month like that, you should have a lot of confidence. And then when some tough times come, that's when you really start to see the true colors of your team. And I think you look at the road trip as a whole and the tough stretch that they've been going through. The one thing that hasn't lacked is effort. Like this team, sure, they haven't been in every game in terms of, you know, look at the Tampa Bay game when it was six to one score wise, maybe they weren't in it, but the effort was there. You saw guys blocking shots in the third period. You saw them trying to score in the third period and still getting the goaltending in terms of getting some big saves at some key times. So it's a long season. It's 82 games. They're coming off of a month where they were absolutely white hot, arguably the best team in the league statistically and with the way that they were playing. Um, so I think all of that being said, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a rough patch. All teams go through these sorts of rough patches and it could be for a variability of different reasons and a lot of different uh, ways and reasons for doing that. So um, I'm not worried at all. I don't think any of the fans should be worried. Um, as I said, even the best teams, they go through these stretches where things don't go their way. But now you got to figure out how do you flip the script? How do you find a way to win games? And I think to wrap up this question, finding ways to win games has been a real key to this team's success this year, right? The high scoring games, the low scoring games, games where they had to come back when they were down by two or three goals, proving to themselves that they're really never out of a game until the final whistle and final buzzer goes. Um, So yeah, tough stretch for sure. Absolutely. If things going their way, not so much, but um, they are doing a lot of the things that they need to do. And you hear control what you can control at the end of the day, right? And that is your effort level. And that has been one thing that I have been incredibly impressed by with this team from game one up until now. So what is it? And that's 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 what we want to hear because, you know, we have a lot of newer hockey fans listening to us. And, you know, the fear is, oh, no we're regressing into what we were last year, but this is a different team. This is a completely different team. Uh, there's so much good that's going on with the Seattle Kraken right now. You know, the front office doing great things, your uncle doing great things. Um, so what is it like, what's going on? Is it just, is it the, the, you know, acquisition of new talent? Is it the right moves? It, what's happening in the locker room? Is there a better gelling in the locker room? You know, do you know anything about what's happening in there? Like, are the, are the guys just, you know, feeling more like a unit what's that vibe like what's going on yeah Jeff I I think you hit the nail on the head about the guys maybe gelling a little bit more Um, because think back to last year the first year for the Kraken was ridden by COVID everybody had to deal with it there were no there's no such thing as a team outing no such thing as players going into the community and really ingraining themselves into the Seattle culture and creating fans and and meeting new fans. And as a young hockey fan, as I was, and still into this day, when you can meet some of your idols or meet some people that belong to a place where you look up to, it means the world. It means a lot. So I think why is the team better? A lot of reasons. Great moves in the offseason. You bring in guys like Oliver Bjorkstrand, who maybe the goal scoring really hasn't been at the quantity where he wants it to be, but doing so many other things in his game that, makes you sit there and go, okay, even if he's not scoring every game, he's helping us win in one way or another, assisting, uh, being in good spots in the defensive zone, being responsible and playing in a lot of different situations. Andre Burakovsky has had an incredible year for this team, and I wouldn't say really has been a revelation uh, because there was certainly some hype 
coming into this year for him now, this being the biggest role he's had on any team prior, of course, being a two-time Stanley Cup champion, never hurt uh, as well as far as that experience goes and really knowing what it takes to win. But now he comes to a team and he's the guy. I think he's one of the main guys that they got to focus on to produce offensively, playing in the top six consistently. And he's not like a, a third line center where maybe he was in prior stops. And so I think his skill level has really uh, impressed me uh, in a big way. You look at the goaltending as a whole too. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's been improved as there've been some tough stretches. Yeah, there absolutely has, but I think as a whole, when you look at the over 25 games that this team has played, I think you could be pretty damn happy with how the goaltending uh, has been uh, from, from the start until now. But I really do think the biggest difference from last year to this year, why is the team better? Is they just look and feel closer. I'm around the team quite a bit for practice. Um, and I see the camaraderie. Uh, I see the guys uh, jabbing at one another and, and the hooting and hollering and, uh, and the, the locker room uh, camaraderie that they have is, is pretty special. And it, I think it goes deeper than just liking everybody. Um, I think it really comes down to the different team outings that they can do dinner on the road getting together at home, like that makes the world of difference where, I mean, I think it really goes for any job. Anybody has any job um, in their life. If you don't spend a lot of time with the people that you work with and it gets down to the nitty gritty and it gets down to those times where you really got to put your heads together and solve a problem or go, go on a big work project or something, the closer you are, the easier it's going to be to fight for the person that's sitting next to you or to work a little bit harder or to go a little bit further. So uh, aside from just a great talent acquisition in the off season by the great Ronnie Francis and the entire front office staff, um, I just do think that it's the closeness and the chemistry in that dressing room. That is a byproduct of the guys liking each other, but to get to that level, you need to spend time together. And um, I, I do think that's been one of the biggest reasons why we have seen uh, such a tight team and a successful team to this point in the season. So, you know, I, 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 it's so easy to forget because we want to forget it, how COVID just changed the world, especially something like the NHL. And you do forget, like they didn't spend any time together. So that that's a great point, Nick. That's an excellent point. If I'm going to, if I got to hold you to it, right. I'm uh, we're in a, we're in a interview room, interrogation room. There's the light bulb swinging over it. You know, you interrogation room for me, by the way. So okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> but not all this friendly. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So you've got to tell me something. You gotta give me something, Nick. Okay, because again, I'm we're positive people, we're we're vibes podcast, but you gotta give me your one key area to improve on to make this season a success moving forward. I know you, we mentioned going through this sort of like the trials and tribulations, but like, what's your key? Is it, a, is it, is it goaltending? Is it defense? Is it, you know, floor checking? Like what's that one thing you got to give me something right now yeah. or you're done. Yeah. Well, I don't want to be done. So I'll make sure I give you something pretty good. To, <laughs> okay. uh, and Joey, uh, I think for me, uh, I'm a huge proponent and advocate of special teams. Um, I think that's something that we've really kind of seen. I don't know if I'd say polar opposites this year, but while the penalty kill has struggled a bit, the power play has been there to pick it up. Um, if the power play can keep firing and keep coming through at timely moments, it's not just the fact that you score on the power play. It's when you do at a key time in the game, late in the game, maybe when you need some momentum on your side. And I will also say it's not always 
scoring on a power play that gives you momentum. If you have a great power play where you get five or six shots and you have zone time, that can give you a big boost. It can give you a lot of energy on the bench and get the guys feeling really good about themselves. Just because you get a power play, you know, it doesn't mean that that's always going to happen. Sometimes you're breaking the puck out of your own zone and it does the exact opposite. We know what a big penalty kill can do. Um, and then I look to the penalty killing side where in the last three or last four games, the Kraken are 10 of 11. So they're starting, I think, to find their way now in terms of pressuring. Um, and, and we talk a lot about it on the broadcast. Allison Lucan talks quite a bit about it, as I do. You look for those pressure points on the penalty kill. And, and what is that? Well, in the defensive zone, when you're defending against the power play, a, a pressure trigger or a pressure point would be something where if the power play guy misses a pass and it's bobbling and maybe he doesn't have full possession, then you can go and press and pressure and try and win it back and, and kind of put the power play on their heels. Or another one would be a player has his back turned to you along the boards. And all if all he can see is the glass, you can try and shut that play off right away. And another thing we've heard a lot of guys, especially Yanni Gord, talk, talk quite a bit about this year is the up ice pressure, killing the penalty in front of your zone, right? Trying to kill it 200 feet away. And I was very impressed and I was very thrilled with how the penalty kill was last game against the Tampa Bay Lightning where there was pressure in the D zone, there's pressure in the neutral zone, and pressure up the ice where you're killing the penalty all the way away from your zone in the offensive zone. A lot less wear, a lot less tiresome as opposed to skating around in your own zone, trying to block shots and defend. So I think one area of improvement, I think just special teams as a whole, but you cannot, absolutely cannot discount or discredit what the power play has been able to do for this team this year. Consistently been top five, top six in the league and have come through at some very important times. But an area that um, I think the team and everybody would like to see improve, of course, would be the penalty kill but it has gotten better as of late. And you do have guys that are career penalty killers and guys that see that as their role, um, who I think have done some really good things this year. Um, so of all the good things that have gone on this year for the Seattle Kraken, um, if they can get those, here's, here's how I'll break it down for everybody. I think in, in a real basic way, ideally you would like both your power play and your penalty kill percentage to add up to hundred percent. So ideally in a perfect world, if you can have the penalty kill around 80 to 85%, it's a darn good penalty kill, which means that the power play is going to be 20, 15, 20%. Like the really elite teams are usually around the 23, 24, 25% mark. And in some years, you know, up to almost close to 30. But if you can have both of those, that being the PP and the PK kind of add up to around hundred percent, that means it's going to be, a very good year for you. I think the Kraken are hovering around the 85, 90%. So they're almost there. But if they can sure up a couple of things and uh, maybe adjust a few things on the special, on the special team side of it, uh, I think it'll help this team in a big way, but I will emphasize the PP has been great all year and the PK has, has certainly been much better as of late. Man, that's a lot to unwrap, but I, I like, I mean, I love all of it. I think those are great points. And I'm really happy that you mentioned the PK because that's something that I've been especially paying attention to. And if you look at it on its head, like usually if you're watching a game, you know, whatever broadcast, they'll kind of show like the percentage of where the team is at in the PK. And as of now, it's kind of towards the bottom of the league. But again, if you're watching every single game, you do see it improve over time. I have noticed and especially for the last game that we were just talking about against Tampa Bay, 
I thought the game really turned when on the PK with a couple of seconds left to crack and give up the goal. Like you could feel the momentum shift and it really sucked because for a couple of minutes there, uh, they were really locked down. Yeah. Um, you brought I, the really- I would also say, Joe, I don't mean to interrupt, but I would no, also geez. say that they've had a couple of those lately yeah. where you kill off the majority of the power play and then the goal comes late, right? Think back to the Washington mm-hmm. game, the Jamie Alexiak five-minute major, right? They killed <sighs> off three and a half minutes. Yeah. It was unbelievable, right? They didn't mm-hmm. spend much time in their own zone at all because of how well they were pressuring up the ice. And it's not just the pressure, but it's everybody being on the same page. And then when Washington did have control and they tried to enter the zone, it was just a byproduct of the crack at outworking the power play. And though they had one last guy, they did outwork the power play for three and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden kind of a fluky play where the puck barely hits the back of the net on a Marcus Johansson play where you kind of got a partial breakaway and, and, and in that. So um, to your, to your point, yeah, absolutely. They've been doing a lot of great things and just seems like sometimes maybe there's that little moment at the end where, you know, the puck does end up in the back of their net. Yeah, that's, um, and it's so, it's in a way, uh, you know, as a, as a fan and as someone who does a podcast covering the team, it's a part of it is heartbreaking. And, and maybe this is just me being positive. I actually see patterns like that. And instead of viewing it as a negative thing, I view it as a positive, because for me, if you can identify those pain points, like you said, having a great PK for the majority of the time, and then something at the very end kind of slips up. Like if you can, identify those problems and then see those pain points and then practice on it. And you saw like over the last week, like the team was really working on uh, there's an emphasis during uh, the morning skates on their, uh, on their special teams. Now you mentioned the team this year coming together, cohesive as a unit, like spending time together uh, on and off the ice, like on the road dinners, et cetera. I'm going to apply that to you. And with like the root sports team, how has that transition been like coming over from Chicago? Like I saw some quotes about you were surprised about like how quickly uh, you've adapted to Seattle, and how much you're enjoying your life there, but it's still a major transition. We've had a chance to talk to Piper Shaw and she was just rant- raving about like how great all of her coworkers are. Not that she's going to come on, you know, a podcast and like trash her coworkers, but like generally everyone seems to get along really, really well. It seems like a great environment. So how has that been for you? And just getting to know everybody and getting acclimated to not just the city, but to, you know, the, the organization you're now part of. Well, I think the the greatest thing that I've discovered so far about living in Seattle has, has been the people. Um, I don't say it tongue in cheek. I don't say it to get oohs and ahs, but that is the honest truth. I've been fortunate enough to meet some incredible people here uh, with the Kraken within the organization and with Root Sports, um, people that have trusted me to do a job, uh, that uh, have a belief in me, and that gives me so much confidence to just talk about what I know and to be entertaining and to have a little bit of fun and to show some personality um, and to, to both teach and to entertain people because we are in the entertainment business. Um, but I, I think in terms of just getting accustomed and getting comfortable and enjoying life, um, yeah, I, I, I would double down on saying I think it's happened and been much better and it's happened quicker than what I ever would have thought. I mean, anytime you move a thousand miles away from what you've known for such a long time in Chicago being home, um, it's scary. It's it's intimidating. I'm not going to sit here and you know prop my shoulders up and say, you know, I wasn't scared. I mean, it, but you know, the thing I do have that I can lay my head down on at night is that there's an incredible support group here people that are not just nice 
people that are not just great at what they do, but people who genuinely care uh, because it really is a family. This really is a, a family uh, from the team to the network and, and people that have just been so incredible in, in helping me get, get comfortable. And I mean, for the team wise, I mean, it starts with Todd Lightwicky, who is a, a guy that if you're employed by Todd Lightwicky, you're going to run through a wall for that guy. Uh, because of how much he cares. Um, and Victor DeBonis, who is one of the funniest, most intelligent ever met a team. Try and talk to as much as you can. And, and Katie Townsend has done um, an incredible job in making sure that on the broadcast side of things, uh, media side of things has, has been right there along the way. Um, and Ronnie Francis, too, uh, obviously was a was a big reason um, in, in, in why we're, we've been so comfortable here um, and, and someone who really has things going in, in such a, an incredible way. And then I look, you know, to the network side for Root where, you know, they really are, the Kraken and Root are kind of different entities, but blend so well together because everybody's on the same page because everybody wants this great show that we know we're capable of. Um, and it starts at the top with, uh, with John Bradford, who has been there every step of the way, helping me. Um, and just being such a, a genuine voice of, of, uh, of trying to help and guide um, and put analysts and hosts and everybody crew-wise in positions to succeed. Um, and then the, the people I work with, Scott Malone, I mean, an award-winning producer, a guy that, that knows the game and a guy that knows how to put a great show together. Um, just incredible and in kind of helping me because sometimes as a broadcaster – I have so many things I want to talk about. I'm sure, as you guys would know, running a great podcast, it's like you can't fit everything into one hour. You can't put everything into one show. And so Scott has been awesome in just trying to help me uh, stay clear-headed and, and have a clear and direct plan. And then the people I work with, uh, Ross Fletcher and Tom Glasgow and Allison Lucan and, and Piper Shaw, um, they have all just been so welcoming, so incredible. And Allison has done wonders for me opening my eyes to the more analytical side of the game because by nature you know i am an eye test type of guy that also sees and appreciates the importance of numbers and the importance of data to help support what you're seeing sometimes i might be seeing something and i kind of want some confirmation so i go to allison i say do the numbers back this up and she's either there to say yes or no so a great sounding block and is, is an incredible road for herself and for so many other women uh, in this business and so she is someone that i certainly count on quite a bit and then the broadcasters right johnny forslund jt brown and, and, and my dad too i think you could just sense that the fun that they have um and the uh the entertainment is just on another level half the time i'm sitting there laughing to be <laughs> with uh with with the kind of the broadcasts that they put on, so I think all of that um, has been a big reason why I feel so comfortable. I feel so adapted here in Seattle, and I've met a great group outside of work as well. So uh, loving where I'm at, loving life, and I really couldn't be more thrilled to be part of the Kraken family. Uh, I've got so many follow up questions on this. Number one is Alice. Is Allison is I mean the answer is yes. Is she as smart as she comes across and and witty as, as she comes across on on Absolutely. Twitter is, and TV? Yeah, she is a pun master when it comes to uh, to, to to using words. Um, and and look, somebody who just who, who knows the game, 
somebody who knows how to apply their skill set. Um, and, and I think the biggest thing uh, with Allison is that she is so willing to teach other people about what she knows and to say that the analytics community is not just a closed off community for people who already know. Uh, she is there uh, as someone who knows what she's talking about, somebody who knows the game, somebody who's been around and has incredible experience. But, you know, when I have questions or maybe when I want to ask a dumb question, she's there to answer it. No question. So um, I think of all the great things that she brings to the, to the broadcast, the knowledge and being able to break down the complex numbers and make them simple for hardcore hockey fans and novice hockey fans um, is just her willingness to want to teach about the numbers and what the numbers show and what they say uh, and to do it in a great and, 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 and an entertaining way. Um, you know, I could go on talking for an hour about everything that she does at, at an elite and a high level, um, but has really been uh, such a fantastic uh, broadcaster on our, on our airwaves. Was, was she laughing about the uh, viral shinny hockey moment? You know, Root Sports had to come in and be like, hey, we have to address this right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, when, I, when I heard it, uh, I, about, uh, I about fell on the floor. Uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a pretty funny comment. And obviously to see how everybody reacted to it, right, Ex- thinking that she had said something different. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that was a, a pretty witty uh, moment of hers. As she has many witty moments. But, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty funny. So kind of a, a serious question is, you know, I've been watching hockey my whole life. I'm from Detroit and I kind of, I fell in love with the podcast with the Kraken because Joey's from Washington. He asked me, Hey, you want to do a hockey podcast with the Seattle about the Seattle Kraken? I said, I don't know any about the Seattle Kraken. He said, nobody does. So we, we, we launched this and I'm like in love with this team. You know, I'm still a wings fan, but I love the Kraken, which is cool. I say all that because like I grew up watching your dad, you know, I grew up, you know, listening to your dad and when, like the Kraken did so much in the off season. They did so much in the off season to like um, just lock in great players and a great broadcast team. That was a huge win getting you guys to come over. What was it? You know, I know you're a young broadcaster and you're coming up and now, you know, you you're doing great. You're killing it. Um, was it like you and your dad working more together? Was it, the fact that your uncle's part of the team, like what brought you over here? Tell me the story, like why the Seattle crack and why are you now invested as a family into this team? I think there's uh, a lot to unpack there, Jeff. It was uh, kind of a crazy summer, um, an emotional summer uh, for our family. Um, You know, having an opportunity to call games last year for the team I grew up living and dying for that being the Chicago Blackhawks was nothing short of a dream come true. And we'll forever be thankful for that time. Um, and thankful for the, to the team, Rocky Wirtz and the entire team for um, allowing me to live my dream. And obviously that came at a time where uh, the opportunity was presented because Troy Murray at that time, the great radio analyst and now TV analyst uh, was battling cancer. And someone who is a great family friend of ours, that was unbelievably tough to, uh, to do. Uh, but he gave me the thumbs up and he gave me his good graces to be able to fill in for him. 
um, on a three-game trial run that ended up turning into about 40 games for me last year between radio, TV, and studio. So that was a, a dream come true. Um, but then, you know, it's a business um, and things happen. Um, and I think the draw to the Kraken um, was pretty easy to see from the start, right? Something new, something exciting, but it really did kind of goes back to what I talked about earlier is that the people that are here, these are, these are incredible people that um, give their everything all every day, all the time from management to hockey operations and everywhere in between. Um, And it was just kind of a exciting new beginning um, that, you know, was the hard decision. It was the tough decision, but um, one that was made, so much more enjoyable and fruitful and exciting uh, knowing that, yeah, there's, there's some people here that, that we have some blood in the game with, Uh, you know, my uncle Rick being an assistant general manager here, obviously an incredible relationship and friendship with Ronnie Francis and my brother Eddie being an amateur scout as well for the team. Um, So, you know, it really is, I guess you could say a family affair in that way, uh, but all very, understanding that we're all here to do a job and to do a job at the highest level, not just every other game or once in a while, but all the time, every game. And uh, it really is such a, an incredible atmosphere to be part of this team. Um, And, uh, but again, I I think getting back to the root of the question is what was the draw? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the draw of just being something fresh, something new, something exciting um, and, and knowing that there are some pretty amazing people in this organization that, uh, you know, that have your best interests at heart and, and, and people that, you know, are going to, um, you know, do anything and, and, and do whatever it takes to, to make you feel comfortable and wanted and, and valued. And so, um, you know, again, very uh, appreciative for, for the crack and for having me aboard and, and uh, hopefully I've been able to win a couple of fans over by now and, and, uh, and hopefully people have enjoyed uh, the job that we've done. I I can't obviously speak for everybody, but I I believe that's a pretty good consensus <laughs> as far as like what you and your family have done with the organization. We're all pretty uh, excited. I saw another quote from you that made me laugh out loud. I thought it was hilarious, and it was regarding uh, your father and how he comes into town for a couple of weeks a month, and when he does, the bed's made, the clothes are hung up, the dishes are done. Does dad still crash with you when he's in town? Is that how it rolls? And he, and he rolls in and it's like, oh, like got a little hotel situation going on. He said, I'm not paying anything. Yeah, no. He, uh, we got a nice setup here. Uh, we got two bedrooms. So when he uh, when he moses his way on into town, uh, he's, got, he's got everything he needs. Uh, we got some extra toothpaste in the cabinet. Uh, we, yeah, we got the dry cleaning still hanging freshly in the plastic and and, uh, and all the dishes are done and, and all that. But it's, it's, uh, it's pretty special um, being able to spend time with him. Um, you know, you talk about having a role model. You talk about having a mentor and someone to look up to. I mean, off the top of my head, other than him being, you know, my father, I, I don't know if you could ask for anybody better. Um, with the incredible reputation that he has um, for – all of the both hockey and life knowledge that he has as well, just sitting and talking to him uh, over dinner or when we're sitting there watching hockey, um, just to be able to be around and 
it sounds kind of weird of me to say, but it, it's, it's, it's an honor. Like it really is. And, um, you know, I, I think about growing up and, you know, having role models and people you want to be like, and, you know, there's some people out there that don't want to be like their parents, but, you know, I, I don't think he's the worst person to want to be like in terms of everything that he's accomplished and how loving he is and um, for how incredible he is at his job. So, yeah, when he comes into town, I, I might need to do a little cleaning and make sure that the place is spick and spam and, and, and to make sure that all of his things are his laundry's done and everything's folded. But um, it is always an exciting time because I know how busy he is. And, you know, I'm sure he'd love to do every Kraken game that he can, but just in terms of the national schedule and the fact that he's a, an extremely busy guy being pulled in a lot of different directions, um, it is always always exciting uh, when I know he's coming into town uh, because not only does that mean I get to see him, um, but it also means maybe a couple of free meals. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that dynamic never changes. I, I love it. That's, that's fantastic. So uh, that's, that's incredible. Um, the fact that, you know, I, that's, that's, that's huge respect to you. And, you know, the fact that you're a family guy and the fact that, you know, he's your dad, but he's also a hockey legend and, like that's just neat that you're you're fanning out over your dad, which is something that I hope uh, happens for my my son. Which I'm not sure if I'll have that same thing there. But uh, you grew up, you know, <laughs> you know, in the Chicago Blackhawks organization. You grew up knowing hockey. Like that's been your life. Has there? I'm sure you're so used to you know just you know the who's who of hockey, knowing these people. Is there any moment where you just completely like fanned out or you completely met, you met somebody and you were in awe, um, you know, you just like, you couldn't speak. Is that still happened to you? Is it still, you know, or is it like, you just know everybody? Was there one moment growing up where you were like, Oh my God, dad, it's blank. Yeah. Uh, my favorite player growing up um, is actually someone I'm very fortunate to call a good friend now. And that being Patrick Sharp. Um I loved how he played. I loved his personality. I loved how he handled the media. Um, he was just always a guy that I thought he's a pretty good looking dude too. So I was going to say the man rocket, Patrick yeah, Sharp. Yeah, I mean, the dude I think, is... he, I think he won like best looking in Chicago a couple of years. Did he, he do one of those ESP? Didn't he do one of those ESPN? Uh, like, uh, did he do one of the athlete ones where like, he's basically almost not wearing clothes they, at all they get naked and they hold like a hockey stick in front of him yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he did, but uh, he's still in great shape. So <laughs> I think we should probably call him up and see if he could do it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think when I was young, um, the starstruck feeling for me, I, I don't know if I ever really had that just because I was always around the game and fortunate and, 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 you know, grateful enough to be around some great people and, and be around some hockey legends, especially in Chicago. When you talk about Phil, uh, Tony Esposito and, and Bobby Hall and Stan Makita and Dennis Savard, I mean, guys that their jerseys are hanging in the rafters um, when you go back some years and then, uh, you know, being able to know guys like Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and guys that are just incredible people incredible players, but better people uh, off the ice. But I think wow moment for me when I was a kid, probably meeting Patrick Sharp um, and then swiveling to maybe a whole nother realm and galaxy. Um, I actually met um, one of my role models and a guy that I looked up to quite a bit for both the way he lives his life and, um, the sport 
and entertainment business that he worked in, which I was a huge fan of growing up. I was a big WWE fan growing up, uh, loved wrestling. And I am someone who, uh, to the disbelief of many, um, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I am as straight edge as it gets. I take a lot of pride in that. And so last year, when I ran into CM Punk at uh, a Whole Foods in Atlanta, Georgia, um, I was there working behind the scenes in the tape room for, for the NHL on TNT studio show. Um, and that's kind of one of the other gigs that, that I was doing last year. Uh, he had just gotten off a plane to come into Atlanta uh, to film a, a show. or I think it was a movie. He had a call time the next day at like 430 um, and he actually had some history with my dad where they'd met a couple of times, obviously, you know, CM Punk being from Chicago. Um, but that was the one moment in my life where um, I was just, like, kind of shaking and like fanboying out, I guess you could say, just because of, um, I don't know, I'm, I wonder if you guys are even familiar with him. Um, and, yep. Yeah. And just a guy that had that charisma on the mic and obviously still does being in, being an AEW, but um, you know, someone obviously, obviously the Chicago connection um, and someone who in terms of lifestyle, I kind of sought an identity in that. Um, so in terms of starstruck, probably when I was young being Patrick Sharp hockey player wise, and then in life meeting CM Punk, that was kind of one of those where I'm kind of like mumbling and stumbling over my words <laughs> for, for, for the time uh, ever probably. That makes sense, though. You know, you, you grew up around hockey players. So to, to you, it's like, oh, I was seeing, you know, friends and family, that sort of stuff. But to see that, that that's a that's a great story. It makes total sense. And by the way, I was going to ask you about that in your uh, it's in your Twitter bio, Straight Edge. So like props to you. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, I know hockey culture. There's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of drinking and hockey culture, that sort of thing. And uh, for you to be able to do that and just to, you know, live life and enjoy life uh, is fantastic. So, so yeah, I, I think that's, I think Jeff, I think that's kind of what it comes down to is, uh, you know, I, I just, I just, I'm of the belief and I, I don't think that there's anything out there that could make me enjoy life a little bit more or enhance in any way or make me more comfortable talking to, to other people, whatever the case is. And, you know, I don't, I've never let that deter me from going out with the guys and having fun or talking to people or going to clubs and bars and things like that. You know, I, I, and I'm, I'm a big believer is that, you know, you, you don't need those things to have fun. And, and I certainly don't look down upon people who, who drink or anything like that because majority of people in my life do. Um, and, while I respect that, you know, the only thing I ask is for others just to respect that I don't. And so I think the one thing I always try and tell people whenever they find out, uh, find that out about me is, is just like, look, like to get all philosophical is like, if there's something you don't want to do, no matter how much other people want you to do it. If deep down inside, you don't want to do it, then don't do it. Um, I know peer pressure is a real thing for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, but if you have certain convictions in your life and certain beliefs and values and ideals of how you want to live, um, stick to those. There's, there's, you know, nobody else can make you do something you don't want to do. Um, and so that's kind of the way that I've always, you know, tried to live my life. And, and, uh, anytime I can, you know, spread a little bit of that to, to other people, that's, that's what I try to do because at the end of the day, um, you know, you're just trying to live the best life that you possibly can and what works for some might not work for others. Um, and I am perfectly happy with, uh, with the life I'm living and, 
and uh, feel very, uh, very at ease and, and uh, feel like I'm having the most fun in my life and, and really don't think there's anything that could make me have any more fun. You know, uh, so what you're saying is respect everybody's life choices and get along. Right. So it's not that hard, but yes, yeah, exactly. Back on the beers. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> all right. So there's so many questions to ask you. First of all, Nick, dude, this is awesome. Like we got to have you back for sure. Uh, Cause it's endless. Um, we've, we we want to get to a couple of quick things. Um, well, one thing I have to ask you is going back to the Kraken. How special is Maddie Beneers? Very. And to be this special and this good this early, I think that to me is the one thing that really stands out. Um, aside from the production, and I actually did uh, a breakdown on him earlier in the year showing his defensive game. And I made a bold prediction. I think it was probably on one of our first shows of the season saying that I think at one one day, at one point, he might – very well win a Selkie trophy for how good of a 200 foot game that he plays. And I still stay steadfast in that while keeping in mind, I know the kid's only 20 years old. Um, it really is the battle level. It's the compete. It's the fact that he's really never out of a play and no player doesn't matter what league or what level, no player makes the right play all the time. But Matty Beneers makes the right play the majority of the time, the next play. And by that, I mean, it's very rare to see the play die on his stick. Um, he's always there to make the next play. Guy that can play in every situation. Uh, has a motor that just keeps going. I mean, the, the guy's anaerobic capacity is through the roof. The cardio on that kid is phenomenal. Um, he's going as fast as he is in the third period as he is in the first period or at second 45 in the shift, as opposed to when he first hops on the ice. Um, and, and I also sense, aside from a great attitude, just a work rate and a work level for him that just keeps going. So you put all that together, great skill, a guy that wants to get better each and every day, um, a hockey IQ and a hockey acumen that continues to surprise me in the best of way. And I'm like, wow, he made that play or he made this play. It's not perfect. There's still some things, of course, to clean up in his game. There's going to be a lot of things for him to learn along the way. Um, but all the talk about him has been glowingly and deservedly so. Um, and I think the future is is incredibly bright for this kid. But the present is just as good uh, for the production that he's had. And the fact uh, that he has been so impactful um, in pretty much every game that he's played. And the last thing I'll say on Maddie is that, like, if he really wanted to cheat offensively, cheat the game, he could probably have another seven, eight, or nine points this year. But it's the fact that he knows to be a top center iceman is that you, you can't always be on the offensive side of the puck. You can't be cheating, especially as a center. Um, so it's just been very impressive to me that I really haven't seen that many holes in the game of a kid that's so young and so skilled because you get a lot of these skilled young players these days and all they're thinking is offense. All they're thinking is getting the next cookie. But for Maddie, he's more than capable of scoring. He's more than capable of creating plays. But for me, 
It's, you know, we hear Dave Haxall talk about it all the time, the play away from the puck. It's the battle level. It's the positioning. It's the back checking. Last game against Tampa, I saw probably three or four back checks from him. And a couple of those came in the third period when the team was down by four or five goals. So he just gets it for being so young. And it's not something that you come around very often. Uh, it, I, I completely agree. The dude is so impressive. And just like you said, what impresses me is he never stops moving. I love that. And so let me, so, so when Shane Wright is officially full-time with the crack and they're going to be roommates on the road, I, I assume. So they can kind of like, Usually how it works. Yeah. Usually how it works. You put the, you put the young guys together though. Unlike back in the day where, you know, sometimes these days guys pretty much, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys have their own room. Um, you know, back in the day, it was, you know, pretty much two to a room. Um, but you know, sometimes now I know certain guys like to room together, you know, other guys can request it and they, you know, they get it no problem and whatnot. But, um, I, I see a, a good friendship between both of those guys. Um, and no, I'm not on the road all the time and whatnot, but just seeing them interact in the dressing room. Um, I think there's a great friendship, uh, a great relationship between both of those guys. And, you know, eventually whenever Shane continues to progress, um, you have those guys as your one-two punch in the future. It's pretty exciting stuff. And you look at all the great teams, right? I'm not going to start forecasting and foreshadowing and saying that these two kids are going to be the next Crosby and Malkin or Dreisaitl and McDavid. But you just look at a lot of successful teams in recent years, aside from having great goaltending, it's the one-two punch at the center ice position that has been integral and paramount for these teams to be successful um, in the National Hockey League. So you got two highly skilled uh, young kids that are at different stages in their career. Um, but, you know, if these kids continue to progress uh, like we hope and like we see that they will, Kraken are going to be they're going to be set for for many years to come. This just just props to this team for for doing so much to to build a a winner uh, in year two. Props to them for bringing you in. And uh, unless Joey had another question, I, I wanted to uh, kind of wrap things up. We have got some so rapid we, fire stuff, but go ahead. We got some rapid fire stuff. You want to go to the nicknames first? Or you want to do some other things first? I have, I have uh, one quick question that I have to ask you, and it is back to being impressive. So like doing research on you and, and honestly just watching you do your job, like Jeff and I have talked about it a handful of times, even before reaching out to you about just like how buttoned up you are which is incredibly impressive. In fact, like as I'm doing research, I'm like, I got to get my shit together, man. This guy really is <laughs> like, this guy has it figured out, but um, the, the random question for you transition from Chicago to Seattle. I, I love how your haircut is always on point. How I'm not asking you to name a, a specific place. How hard was it to, for you to find a barber in Seattle? Because I'm the same way. I'm incredibly particular. I've moved to different cities throughout my life. And I've noticed that every single time, Finding a new barber is sometimes a pain in the ass. Like you have to try out a couple places, but I'm not. I'm not on TV. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that because I'm very much the same way. Um, I've lived in a lot of different places: uh, Chicago, Waterloo, Iowa, Boston, Duluth, Minnesota, Cloquet, Minnesota, Colorado Springs, and now Seattle, um, and Pittsburgh too. Um, every place, especially in my older years, I similar to you, I I. I found a barber and it's, it's, it's a, it's a trust factor. Uh, and obviously for me, uh, someone who takes great pride uh, and great care of their hygiene and the way they look, um, you know, you need to find someone that you trust. Um, so I have found one here uh, in the Seattle area in Bellevue, the speakeasy barber shop. Um, oh, you're- my, 
yeah, that's 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 my place. That's where I go. Um, and I've actually never done the beard thing before. Um, I received a few compliments uh, on a day where maybe I for I didn't have time to shave. And uh, those compliments led to me kind of starting to kind of grow it out a little bit and uh, and, and go from there. But um, yeah, no, it, it's it's uh, anybody, whether you're on TV, whether you, whether you just want to look good and, and feel good about yourself and, and have a confidence boost. Uh, I take a lot of pride in, 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 in looking as, as best I can all the time. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Speakeasy Barbershop in, Bell, in Bellevue. Uh, my good friend JR owns it. And uh, my barber is Boris. And they do a great job. And they fit me in sometimes when the time is tight. Um, but it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, a, a great, a great feeling to be you know comfortable, um, in terms of the person that's uh, taking care of your grooming. Dude, I got to tell you is, um, your barber is named Boris, you know, with a name like Boris, oh, yeah. he, he is doing the, he's getting it uh, all tight. Fourth, fourth generation, uh, master barber. So that, that, that tells you when I read his bio and I was trying to decide, you know, who I was going to go to first. Um, because it's always kind of that awkward thing when you go into a barber shop, and you know you you see one person and maybe you don't like it, but when you want to go back and maybe try someone else, then it's kind of that awkward, right? You walk in the next day and you see the guy and it's kind of like, oh, you didn't like the haircut, you know, whatever. But but no, he's been, <laughs> he's been awesome, and uh, you know that's a, it's a great place, and uh, you know those uh, those people take great care of me and anybody else that uh, that chooses to get their haircut there. That's awesome. That's a great shout out right there. All right, so. I, I, I know, obviously, your dad's got the famous Eddie O nickname. Do you have a nickname? Do, do people, do they get, who, who has a nickname for you? What is it? Yeah, growing up, uh, my teammates called me one of two things. Uh, it was either uh, Oli was one nickname, and that kind of stuck a little bit. Um, but all my friends and majority of people in a playful manner, nickname-wise, call me Nicky O. That's just, that was just kind of my, kind of my nickname growing up. My siblings call me Nicky. Um, and, uh, you know, my buddies just add the O on the end, Nicky O. And, and that's kind of, I would say my, the nickname that most people uh, would call me by. We, we are, we totally got to start that from now on when we, when we talk to you on Twitter, which you don't have to reply to us all the time. Cause we can be a little needy. I get it. Um, <laughs> We're going to, we're going to call you, we're going to start Nikki O. Like we know your dad's Eddie O. We've got to start you being known as Nikki O. So we're going to start it. Kraken pods got your back on that. We got you. I lost, I lost internet for a second. Um, I apologize for that. Jeff, I'm not sure if you had a chance to ask this, but it's the last question I, I have uh, for you, Nick, who has a better haircut? You or Dave Haxel? Oh man, dude. What? Bombshell. Hot seat question coming in, coming in hot. Look, 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 I take a lot of pride in my hair. I really do. But Dave's is silky smooth. Like Hack's hair, it's always on point. Uh, The color, I think, is amazing. And I'm not just saying this. He's got a he's got a heck of a head of hair on his head. So I take pride in mine. I try to keep mine as well kept as I can. But I think even on his worst hair day, he's got me beat. So I, I'm going to have to go with Hack. Well, you know, look, you're young. You're like a young talent. You're like the Maddie Beneers of broadcasting, right? Uh, but there's some things that come with age, and it's something like, you know, he keeps his game up and he never lets up, right? So he's always looking – on the bench, he's always looking like he, like the dude's, uh, you know – Sassoon, man. Just like the coloring is, is the secret ingredient, I think. That's right. Oh, he's yeah. obviously hitting the weight room with the dudes too. Like you can, you know that guy can still – 
he, he's not, you know, if he's got a bag skate guys, he's, he can skate with them just to prove oh, it. Right. Great, great shape. Great guy. And uh, a beautiful head of hair. <laughs> so sure. on, on the nicknames, there's a couple of things we want to ask you about, like some guys in the locker room and their nicknames. So we have kind of a list of some nicknames that we've heard, but there's some that we've made up. Right. And we want to know, you know, what your thoughts are on some of these and our hope and dream is as the Kraken pod is we try to get some like actual credibility is that maybe, maybe one of the guys in the locker room has, has, has heard of this nickname. Right. So I'm going to start with this because um, I, I called it last year. Vince Dunn is probably one of my favorite Kraken. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really come around big time this year and I love what he's doing, yeah. but um, I think we made this up. I don't know if oh, we did a hundred percent. We did. I remember this. Yeah. So, what is your rating? And we'll do like a, a one through five, five being the best. What do you think about this one? Vince Dunn as the Dundertaker. Since you're a WWE guy, we call him the Dundertaker. You won't, hurt our, you won't hurt our feelings. We have to test this out. I'll probably give that a three and a half. Okay. Okay. We got to work. Right. We got work to do. It's got to get way worse. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Can you tell him that he's known as the Dundertaker? Please just tell him that. Okay, next time I see him, I will, I will offer that up to him. And uh, if, if I walk out of there with a black eye, it's on you guys. It's we'll a hard pass. <laughs> he just, I'm just telling you, it's a great – okay, all right, let's move. Okay, so the next one, all right. So uh, Berkey, you know, like that's kind of a, from what I understand is like the chosen nickname. But um, we, we, we feel like he's the, the silent assassin, right? So Andre Burakovsky, the silent assassin. What do you think about that? I like that. Um, I I would change one word. Um, I would change silent to cerebral um, because, because I think he's more cerebral than uh, silent. Um, So if it was one word changed, I'd probably give it a five. I probably would. I, okay. I'm not going. I'm honestly, I I thought it was going to go the complete opposite direction. I'm pumped right now. This is great. Yeah. I'm uh, actually changing the Google Doc right now yeah, to reflect. Cerebral, yes. How do you spell that? B r e b r e l. I believe. So, okay, I'll, we'll fix it later. Um, okay. Uh, oh, by the way, his his laser beam goal in the Florida Panthers game. I I've watched that. On, I'm not kidding. I've watched that on repeat. I don't know why. Just like five, ten times. I love that. The shot goal. is incredible. It's, it's oh, and it's quick. And it's accurate, and it, it doesn't give the goalie, let alone the defenseman or player trying to block the shot, much time to react. I mean, there aren't many guys that can shoot it that hard that quickly. But then, I mean, even before to do that, put themselves in the spot to be able to let that shot go. I mean, he's just he is a, a sublime player, and uh, maybe doesn't get enough credit for his passing either. I mean, he's a, he's a great shooter for sure. Um, slap shot, wrist shot, snap shot, whatever it is, but a guy that can really make some plays and create space. I mean, how many times this year, especially on the power play, mm. have we seen him carrying the puck up the ice, right? He's the, the, the drop pass, the push him back entry. And then yeah, the drop, I mean, he's the one that's coming up with it. So he's got the shot. He's got the playmaking ability and he's got the puck handling puck possession, puck protection game down. To where on often occasions, as I get into my hockey breaking down ranting here, like if you really watch him play, I think the essence of Andre Burkowski's game is the fact that with how good he is controlling the puck, he draws players to him, which opens up space for his linemates to be able to dart into. And it's just a little sifting pass or pulling a guy out of position to open up a shooting angle. So, 
I mean, I, I just I love watching him play. Um, and I think anybody who watches the games or if you go to a game at Climate Pledge Arena, just just keep your eye on number 95, whether he's got the puck or doesn't, because it's it's pretty amazing the game that he plays. He's he's so fun to watch. It's just it's just great. Um, all right, Jared McCann, Father Canner. Now, Joey, you have to explain that one a little bit. Yeah, I might need some explanation on that. I one. saw some stuff about uh, and I think this is also a great nickname. I saw I saw Pastor Canner getting thrown around, and for some reason, Father Canner to me sounded better. And now, anytime he does anything, like if he has a goal, we have a bunch of people tweeting at us, Father Canner, and I think there's a. Uh, even like a meme going around of him wearing like some uh, like some priest robes after he scores a goal. So we've adopted Father Canner, but how okay. are you feeling? One through five on it. I would say that's a three for me. Um, but I mean, if there seems to be some support behind it, yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, that's we're all, we're all for making the fans happy, and, uh, keeping them entertained. But I think for me, it's probably probably we're forcing it a little bit. We'll make a note. This can this can be improved on. Now, look, this is marketing here, okay? Now, you're straight edge. Much respect, right? right? But we've had a lot of success with this. This is a thing, okay? So, yes. Maddie Beneers, right? If he scores a goal, we, we usually tweet beers for Beneers. So, Maddie beers for Beneers. Mm-hmm. And then we start getting uh, fans of, of the Kraken and fans of the Kraken pod showing us if they're having a, a beverage, what they're drinking at that moment. So, it's working, yeah. But like beers for Beneers, Maddie Beneers. What, what do you think about that? That drives interaction, which I love. Um, right. And it rhymes, which I love. So, you know, and though someone, I, though I don't consume beers, uh, I can absolutely appreciate it. So I'm going to give that a, I'm going to give that a four and a half. Sweet. And okay. okay. So this one, I don't know. He's 18. I feel a little weird talking about this, but wine for right. The same thing, wine for right. Or if, you know, if you're not into that one, which is I'm, I'm already talking myself out of it. Like what is a What is Shane? Is it Shaner? Like what is a good nickname for Shane? I think most guys call him writer. I think that's writer. what, uh, I think that's what most guys call him. Um, I know young, uh, a lot of young, highly touted guys when they come into the league, a lot of people call him kid though. You know, there really only is, you know, uh, legendary wise, there really only is one kid. That being Sidney Crosby, Sid the kid. That's right. But, um, you know, when sometimes, sometimes when you when you're in a locker room and you get some older guys in there or some uh, some staff who've been around for a long time, you get a young kid that comes in that's got a lot of skill and a lot of upside and potential, like Shane does. You get a lot of people that call him kid. Hey, kid, how you doing? You know, as a as a sign of affection and you know for no other reason other than just you know here here he is at such a young age to be in the national hockey league where you know, millions of other 18 year olds would wish where they would be. Well, I got to tell you, to answer your question. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think he's kind of known as a writer. I think that's the, uh, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. But if he was on my team, I, I would probably, I don't know. I might nickname him lefty. I don't know. I just, right? just, okay. just you know, I'm an opposites guy. I, I'm a big fan of, 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 uh, um, affectionately messing with people sometimes. So, um, you know, trying to, trying to pull a little opposite game, but, um, yeah, no, it's, it's all, it's all in good fun. It's that old school hockey mentality instilled from you by your dad that got it. You got to You know, if you really like somebody, if you're really into even him, you got to give him- even you messing with somebody is wholesome. Like I'm sorry, right. all my decisions. That's right. right. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, Nikki O, you are the man. Uh, you have been a godsend to the Seattle Kraken, the broadcast team. It just rounds out everything that the Kraken are doing. 
uh, the fact that you took over an hour to, to come on to this, you know, we've got like 12 listeners, maybe now 14 because of you, um, this podcast, but dude, I tell you what, you got some great things going on and it was a pleasure having you on the Kraken pod today. So, you know, just thank you so much. Yeah. I echo that. Yeah. I can't, can't thank you enough. Everything Jeff just said times times a hundred really appreciate your time. We held your hostage for a little bit. So thank you. No, 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 that's, that's okay. It's all, uh, all for good things and appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, just, I did want to say been blown away by the support from the fans. Uh, I've tried to speak about a lot of people that have made me feel comfortable around the team network, everybody. But I mean, I think we have really some of the best fans in the league. I really do. Uh, people that care, people that know the game um, and, and in a sport at this level, at the national hockey league level, that is growing like a, uh, an insane amount, a crazy amount, a great amount. Um, you know, it, it's really been awesome. And uh, I know not everyone's always going to love you, um, but if you can win over more people than not, uh, that's, a, that's a great thing. And so I, I do want to say a huge thank you to all the fans that have been so great uh, to me and my family since coming here um, because you guys are, you know, why we, it's why I do my job, really. I mean, the fans are, I'm, you know, my, I am the go-between between what they're seeing and, and maybe some things that they're thinking. And so um, if I can be a little bit entertaining, if I can bring a smile or a laugh to someone uh, while teaching them something about the game of hockey. That's, that's all I'm after. So uh, thank you guys for having me on. You guys do an awesome job. So keep it rocking. And uh, again, thanks to, thanks to everybody uh, in the Kraken family, f- fans included, most importantly uh, for making my time here so far. So awesome. And looking forward to uh, a lot of great years ahead. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nick. Uh, we uh, will, you know, keep watching you. If there's anything else we can do to support you, anything we can get behind, just ask. Uh, we're here for you, man. So, you know, just thank you so much. Let's come back on in the near future. We appreciate Absolutely. your time. We'd be happy to. You guys take care. All right. Thanks, Nick. You got it. Bye. So that dude, Nicky O. I mean, that's it. We, ha- we have to make this happen, Nicky O. And I love that his nickname, I mean, it's just it's ex- like as a dad – I would hope my nicknames just go right on down to my son. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And we, we briefly touch on this, I think like at the end of the interview, but I will say to give like some behind the scenes into what a consummate pro this man is, is while interviewing, we had tornado warnings going off. True. Your, your wife came and, and horrible weather. Your wife came down with food poisoning literally right before we started interviewing him. And so, like, you had the three kids running around. You kind of had to, you know, take care of them. Your wife's in the other room getting sick. Then as a result of the weather, at one point, I completely lost internet. And I was the one that was hosting the room that we were doing the interview in. And I thought, like, we had lost everything. And so while I'm trying to get back in the room, I have, like, a panic attack being like, oh, my fucking God. It was, like, 50 minutes into the hour-long interview, of course. So, anyways... All those things, you know, aside, if you just listen to it all the way through, for the most part, you can't really tell because he kept it rolling. He was so good and such a pro. So we owe him big time. We've already like followed up and thanked him. But seriously, Nick was was awesome. And uh, we had a lot of variables popped up. But, you know, we, we made it happen. So I hope everybody enjoyed it as much as we did because it was a blast. Yeah, it, Joey's he could see us like we did. You know, there's video yes. aspect. He could see us and. 
and I had to leave the room a couple of times and I had pre-warned him because I was in charge of the kids. Like you said, my wife was just like late, literally laid out. Couldn't do a thing. Poisoning. You're like, dude, this shit's going down. Literally. It was my bad. kids were going crazy in the playroom being a little too rough. <laughs> and my daughter kicked my son in the face. Oh, and that's right. A tooth almost came out. Almost like he came in weeping and I had to like, I had to do the, put the, the finger up to the screen hit mute and i had to literally go like yell at people yeah yeah so you and I, yeah we tried our best like to you know i covered things while you were gone and then you did it while i was gone we tried and he to just kept it. going and so he, he just was like god he's so good anyways that's, so smooth that's, that's us being uh us giving our love to nick olchek which he yeah. deserves so and by the way solid question about the haircut man i mean that's a great question from you love that Appreciate question it. i mean yeah. it's very important like as a as a as a man who appreciates haircuts has moved around a lot that's a very serious thing i'm just surprised that he gave the barber shop a specific shout out there's going to be some people in that area now who, who know where to find them but hey man he wanted that so it's we all need good. to get boris on the show by the way how baller is that to have a your barber name Boris. That's pretty awesome. So, all right. So Nick, it's official though. If you're listening to this, if you listen to that whole interview and you're still listening, you need to refer to Nick Olchick as Nikki. O. that's Nikki the nickname o. that we, that's he, he clued us into some personal stuff. So Nikki, O, thanks for being on the show. And that rhymes perfectly. I love that. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. So anyway, Nick, Nick Olchick, thanks a lot. Um, I, as you know, man, it is, it is a love hockey and betting on hockey. It's fun, right? And DraftKings Sportsbook, they are an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You've been following along on Twitter at Kraken Pod. Uh, you've been you've been checking out what's been going on with these same game parlays. I'm telling you, if you are listening and you haven't yet signed up for the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you should because new customers can bet five dollars on any team, and you get two hundred dollars in free bets if they win. All right. So what's cool is you can take a couple of bucks. And make it big time by doing things like I I do. Now look, I've I've definitely lost some, but I've won some too. And it's it's a great feeling when you win a same game parlay because you can say, like, I knew that was gonna happen, like Eb scoring that goal. You can pick the Kraken to win, you can pick a goal score, and that can add up to like bigger odds and a bigger payout. So there's so many different ways to play. And then every other sport on the planet, like if you watch the World Cup, you could bet on the world everything. It's just it's fun, right? And you can bet as much or as little as you want, right? DraftKings Sportsbook, it is safe, secure, reliable. Deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want, which is also huge. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network. We are a proud member of that. An official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So I'm excited to do some of those. Get that holiday juju going. Do some same game parlays. Get this cracking team back on a on a uh, let's do a streak. We need to get a streak this week. We're so going streaking. We're going streaking. All right. So we're we're coming up on our Christmas movie draft. I'm pretty pumped about that. But no dumb questions. What what is no dumb questions? No dumb questions is where we will answer any question that you may have. Never fear asking the Kraken pod a question. Don't think like, oh, they know everything about hockey. Well, if you listen to the show for like a minute, you know that we don't. And we own that. Other podcasts shame you. Like, how dare you listen to our podcast and don't know everything about hockey? Don't ask them this question that you, you, you don't know the answer to. Ask us. We'll be glad to answer them in something we call No Dumb Questions. 
Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. All right, so Joey, what is this week's no dumb question? This week's no dumb question. I was purposefully saying that slow to stall a little bit. So this week's no dumb question is why is someone awarded a penalty shot? So in the game against the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, Steph Nosen, Nosen, whatever, I probably fucked that up. If you're listening, uh, please take a shot. Um, scored on a penalty shot against Grubauer after uh, Adam Larson, a.k.a. the Big Cat, was called for a hook. And this question came from Amanda Sermon, a uh, member uh, of the Kraken Pod fam. Credit to her because she's always uh, uh, interacting with us and throwing questions our way. This question's great because this is something that I kind of had an idea about. Just, I mean, just kind of watching the game and comparing it to basketball is kind of like a clear path foul. But um, anyway, so I will go into why is someone awarded a penalty shot? So a penalty shot is awarded when a team loses a clear scoring opportunity. Now, this is going to come on a breakaway and how they lose that opportunity is due to the actions or a foul of the opposing player. So Nosen was on a was on a breakaway. Larson saw it, thought he was going to score, and you know instead of just leaving it up to Gru and the play and it to play out, he decided to hook him, and that's why he got the penalty shot. So a player from the non-offending team, so Nosen, is then given a chance to score without any opposition from the defense at all, with the exception of the goalie Grubauer. And this was really interesting. When the foul is committed on a specific player, again, the breakaway, the example I just gave, then the player, uh, the player must take the penalty shot. But so if again, there's a, a specific player the foul is against, that player must take the penalty shot. But if there is a net dislodging or if there is an infraction in the crease, then the captain from the non-offending team can pick any player. So the, uh, the captain from the team that just got the foul against them, not committed the foul, can then pick any player that was currently on the ice at that time to then take the penalty shot. So basically, if it wasn't against a specific player, the captain of the team can then be like, I choose you, and they can send out Jordan Eberle out there to do a, to do a you know, spinorama sweet backy and score on a, on a penalty shot. So there you go. That is why the penalty shot occurred in the game against Carolina, and that is why uh, Adam Larson basically ended up giving up that goal, which sucks, but you know, I guess he saw an opportunity and he wanted to stop it, and that's why he hooked him. You know, it's exciting. It's so exciting. I, I mean, it, it having a penalty shot in-game, uh, in, in my opinion, way more exciting, exciting than the shootout. It's just, it's just kind of a neat thing. So, um, you know, penalty shots are, are awesome, and for the most part, they're, it's pretty clear, you know. It's you really have to you really have to take somebody down when they have a clear scoring opportunity or mm-hmm. do something really stupid to to have a penalty shot called against you. But that's a great question though because it it can be um, what's the word uh, uh, up to the opinion of the referee, I guess. Right? So objective, yes, uh, yes. Thank you. It can be objective. That's a great word. Subjective, so, yes. Subjective. <laughs> Subjective is when it's up to their opinion. It's, Objective it's is, yeah. Subject is it? Is that right? Is that yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. You you are a writer. I I yes. Okay, I accept your I accept it's, your correction. It's getting late. It's getting late. It's getting it's weird. right. It's good. You are word smith. <laughs> Thank you, Amanda, for that no dumb question. That is absolutely not a dumb question, and that brings us to a Kraken Pod Christmas Christmas movie draft. 
I don't know if there was an intro for that or not. There's no intro. We're just going to no. leave that pause in there. Yep. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> so, here's how we're doing this thing, okay? We have listed out a whole bunch of Christmas movies, and we're going to put this list out somehow. We have not thought this through. We thought it through enough to put it on the show but not enough to actually put it out on social media. But we have mm-hmm. a pool, right? We have the draft pool of Christmas movies, and we're going to pick our top three, right? So we're not going to we're not going to pick. I think last year we did worst Christmas songs around Christmas. I think which I love because I love trashing Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. We had a very hot debate about all I want for Christmas. I do remember that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 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 I'm, uh, by the way, Wham! Uh, last Christmas has got to go. I'm done with that. Okay. I think it should be banned. What you said last year too. You're very, you're, you're very, you're on, on that pedestal as much as I am on the pedestal of Kim Mariah Carey just fucking wait until December before she starts collecting those Spotify. <laughs> first, first listen of Wham's Last Christmas is like, oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then like literally the second listen, I'm like, okay, nope, no. We get it. Anyway, yeah. yeah. All right, so Christmas movie draft. Let's go through the list. These are the movies we're going to choose from. These are the only movies we can choose from. We probably missed some really good ones, but it is what it is. So here we go. Die Hard. Christmas movie. Yep. Totally a Christmas movie. You cannot debate that. I agree. No. No. A Christmas Story. Elf. Home Alone. Also a Christmas movie. Yep. Bad Santa. The Grinch. Live action Grinch with Jim Carrey. The Grinch. The 2018 uh, with Engelbert uh, Humperdinck. Benderdict Cumberbatch. Benedict. Not Bender. (laughs) Benderdick Coochie. Bender Dick. You are tainting one of my favorite movies ever, which just clues you into my list. The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Just Friends. This is a Christmas movie. I'm throwing it out there. Just Friends. It, it never gets talked about. Just Friends is a Christmas movie. It is way high on my list. I don't even know what it is. It could be a Hallmark. I don't Ryan know. Reynolds? Oh, my God. Ru- the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer from 1964 with Ronald Snowman. That's a solid one. Uh, the Year Without Santa Claus from 1974. That's with Snow and the Heat Miser, which I don't know how the Heat Miser has become so popular. I, I, I don't get it. Dude, have you heard the soundtrack to that movie? It is phenomenal. Like the songs that the Snow and the Heat Miser have oh, I know are the song. incredible. Yeah, I just yeah. don't. I don't get it. I don't know. A Charlie Brown Christmas, which is depressing. Eight uh, <laughs> Bit Christmas. I don't know what that is. It's on that- HBO. Watch it as soon as you can. It's really, really, really good. Okay, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Classic. Scrooged. Classic. Four Christmases. Underrated. Love Actually. This is a Jeff pick. <laughs> I just put it on the list. Just put it on the list. I'm not, I'm not, I might not pick it. I'm hey, putting it on the list. We have a pool. We have a pool for a reason. And The Holiday. There's another you one. You also let, yeah, Gremlins. Oh, Gremlins. I put Gremlins in there too. Forgot about Gremlins. You, Gremlins you is totally Gremlins. a Christmas movie. It is. Totally. So this is tough. I don't know. I don't know what to pick. I don't, I'm just going to do it in the moment. I'm just going to do yes. it in the, in the, in the field. Yeah, I'm gonna, we have to feel it. We have to I'm feel gonna it. write it as we go. Something, I can't pick it, and vice versa on mine. If I pick something, you can't pick it. So why don't you go first? We're gonna, and Just like we do with the Seattle Kraken, we're going off strictly vibes here. So you and I don't have a, a preconceived list at all. So we're just going to we're gonna go with it. So should I pick something that I know you're going to pick just to screw with your pick? I put a big list together for a reason. I knew you would do that. All right, Chestnut Snickers, baby. No, I know this is. I'm. I'm going to do this. Like I talked about it last episode, The Grinch, 2018, the animated one with mm-hmm. Benedict, not Benderdick, 
Benedict <laughs> Cumberbatch. Okay. I love it. I'm going to pick the Grinch 2018, and here's why. It's for me personally, Just it's just it's just from day one, uh, my kids seeing it at the movie theater, me seeing it, everybody loved it. Everybody in my family loved it. What I like about it is the original Grinch, like the 1960s Grinch, always just was too evil to me, like just a little too much. I don't know what it is. And they did a really good job in this movie of making it fun and funny and still getting across that he's a Grinch without being like, he's still kind of, he's got a little bit of sweetness to him. You know what I mean? It's not like over the top, like evil, uh, evil Grinch, which I don't like the evil Grinch. So also too, um, ah, what's his name from SNL? Who's the dude that's in, has been on SNL for 50 years. Keenan and Kel. It's, um, Kel. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I know you're talking about yeah. I almost said Keenan so, Ivory Wayans. I'm way off. <laughs> yes. 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 Keenan Ivory Oh, sorry. I'm drinking a beer. We're an hour into this thing. It happens. That's true. So anyway, the Grinch 2018, that just make, that's like, maybe nobody else likes it, but to me, that's my, that's just my favorite. Just good vibes, good feels for my family. Every time I watch it, I laugh. I quote it. I love that movie. That's my number one. That's, that's one of my top picks. Okay. I am into it. I am going to go. I'm going to do a little surprise action here. Give me the year without Santa Claus, 1974. And so I was already defensive of it because I do love the soundtrack. I love the snow and the heat miser. If you watch this movie. So I remember, remember being shown this movie when I was a kid and immediately falling in love with it. And it's one of those movies that no matter how many times you watch it or how old you get, it still holds up. It's like the perfect movie where like for adults, they watch it and they're like, yeah, this is awesome. And kids watch it and they just see like a bunch of like weird characters dancing around and doing things. And they're just fans of it. And I love it. I also love the premise because the year without Santa Claus is a movie about Santa Claus being like, fuck this. I'm tired of Christmas. It's way too much. I am going to take this year off. Y'all can do Christmas without me. So I think the premise is great. And it's, again, 1974, but when you watch it, it's hilarious. Great soundtrack. So give me the year without a Santa Claus, baby. I, yeah, okay. That's cool. Good, good. Yeah, I just sandbagged you. Dude, I just sandbagged the shit out of you. I just won this draft. Okay. Well, this is what you say every draft we do. So You, you were totally, oh, you were so fired up to take that dumbass movie, which is like not even, like even in the stop motion oh, animated dear. world. You picked the wrong Grinch. You don't even win the Grinch category. No, I wa- I totally dominated the Grinch. <laughs> but like Rudolph, that's that's better stop motion, better just a better vibe. Like you can't. I don't get it. Anyway, don't start dropping things like stop motion on me. I'm not even gonna talk about it. I'm just gonna take it and just be like, okay. all right, that's it. Draft oh, over. Good. I win. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's it. I just won it. Okay. That's so you're going like, classic. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just so, it's always, it's funny. Like you could, you could literally watch it. Like I'll say this, and I don't know if you're going to pick this or not, mm-hmm. but a Christmas story, I just, I don't, I don't like it. Do not do that. Do not. And Christmas you know, story, it's a classic. Christmas, Christmas story. Come on, Christmas story. They show the whole marathon. It's like, don't, that's the worst movie to show on repeat. Just show, and they do this with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. But like, two different worlds, like, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is just funny and fun. It takes like depressing, like, alcoholism and like, and like, uh, poverty (laughs) and all these themes. Real good guy. Yeah. And it makes it funny, 
Whereas more of like it's more sad to me. I think the 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 Christmas story is. So anyway, I don't know if I just messed up your other pick, but National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, everything about it, just the best, just the greatest. It's that's okay. probably the best Christmas movie ever. Ever. Okay. Well, you know what? You didn't mess up my pick, but I am going to alter how I'm going about this. You're going with what you are saying is the best Christmas movie ever. I am going with what I believe to be the best Christmas movie ever. Give me Elf. That's all I have to say. Elf. Okay. Okay. You know, I mean, that's it. I don't. I don't need to defend the pick because the pick no. defends itself. Elf is so good that um, I forgot how much it was. It was like forty or fifty million. It was a lot of money. They offered Will Ferrell to do a sequel. And he told them no because the original that they that he did was so good that he was like, I don't care how much money you, I, I don't care how big the bag that you throw at me is. This movie was perfect. We're never doing it again. You know, I grew up just, you know, Will Ferrell. That's just my era. And 100% agree with you. Like, that would, that would, if you would, if you didn't take it, I would have, ta- if I would have taken Elf. Oh, if you had this, Elf with, with back to back National Lampoon, I would have been toast. This is, oh, it would been over. So that was like a defensive pick for you, but also a solid off. Oh, good. The best, just, uh, the best offense is a good defense. That was a two way player pick right there. So Elf. Thank Can't you. argue that. I basically picked the Matty Beneers of Christmas movies. Yeah, absolutely. You absolutely did. <laughs> Wait, I got it right there. Your, right. your last pick is right here. Here we go. Wait, Matty Beneers of Christmas movies. I'm writing it down in the notes. Christmas <laughs> movies. Thank you, autocorrect. Good. Okay. This is tough. This is a tough one, dude. I'm looking at this list, and I don't know where to go. Um, I'm drafting on the fly this here. This is one of those I feel like we've had picks that have really done a good job of mirroring one another. So I feel like at this point, I, I think it's kind of wide open, which is why you don't know what to do. You know, I know, I know. I don't it's want not like you have the fourth pick and, you know, Shane Wright falls into your lap. You're this, this whole thing's wide open. Like, it's up to you to make or break time. I don't know if I pick something that's like, just not something that I'm into, but more of like, I'm going to round out what we got going on here just to have like a really awesome, all around like pick, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to do yeah. that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do okay. that. I'm picking love actually. I knew it. And I'm not even a big fan of this movie, but I just know that like, yeah, it sounds like that chicks dig it, dude. They just love this movie. <laughs> so like, I'm going to go with like things. the long ball and love actually. <laughs> so I have, I have like arguably the best, you know, roster of Christmas movies that just kind of like hits everybody. You got the kids, with the Grinch 2018 and Bender Dick. And then I've got <laughs> National Lampoons, which everybody loves. Everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And then I got Love Actually, which is like the women, man, the ladies. They just they love that movie for some reason. They think it's all, all the romance, all the different stories coming together. You got what's his name? You got Rick from The Walking Dead with the cue cards. You know, like just it's just it's a I know it's a solid movie, and I might have to watch it again this year just to be like, oh yeah, that is pretty cool. Although honorable mention i would say is the holiday just because jack black's in that one so yeah love jack black we're big jack black fans over here yep pro jack black all right so that's my that's my third pick what's yours okay i am going to i'm going to name the pick and i also have an honorable mention i'm going to also continue with the classics here but i am going to make sure i touch all of my bases i want to touch first second and third as i'm rounding and i touch home on my way to victory i know you pick i I have the year i have the year without santa claus 1974. I stand by that as my number one. I have Elf to back that up. You can't, you can't go wrong with that. I don't give me, home, give me Home Alone. I'm taking Home Alone. Oh shit! I'm taking Home Alone for my third pick because, you know, 
Elf is good. You can watch it with the family, but there are a lot of jokes that are still kind of sneaky in there, you know, uh, not really exactly meant for the kids. But again, it's a movie that everyone can enjoy. Home Alone, I could argue, is the most classic Christmas movie of all time. And I like it because I get to get like a slight break away from like just the strictly Christmas stuff. And I get to do like Macaulay Culkin, Home Alone, Joe Pesci, the whole deal. It never gets old. Anytime Home Alone is on, I don't care if it's on TBS, it's 11 o'clock on a freaking Wednesday. You're going to watch it. You're going to watch it. Fantastic movie. Give me Home Alone. And my runner-up um, is is Just Friends. And if you haven't seen it, so again, Ryan Reynolds on a Ferris. Fucking hilarious. And I, so people are probably like, wait, what? This is a, it, one, it's a Christmas movie. It takes, it takes place with, well, one, it, during Christmas time, he goes back home for Christmas. He's like, now the popular rich like record label guy who goes back home and turns out when he was growing up he was like this fat kid and no one liked him blah 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 i've seen this it's really fucking good just friends is hilarious it never gets talked about as a christmas movie it needs to be it deserves its due respect it's really good yeah that's that is as you know ryan reynolds and they play a ton of they play a ton of ice hockey by the way yeah no you're right ice hockey in it that is exactly right. So that that's a pretty good call. I gotta tell you, you lost the draft with your first pick because wow. Elf, okay, no, mm, no. Elf and Home Alone. I mean, solid. Like just awesome. So like, my National Lampoon right there. It's it's tough to beat, which is why I had to pivot and go with Elf. My weakest pick might have been Love Actually because the Grinch is just the best. Uh, so wrong Grinch. Sh- but okay, so who wins, Joey, me? You know, and, and also too like. What do you want to tell Joey to make him feel better about losing? So yeah, and when, who's going to tell Jeff that he picked the wrong Grinch? He didn't even win the category within his own category. So I mean, who's going to tell Jeff that? I don't know. Uh, you know, the Jim Carrey Grinch is cool, uh, but I, you know, with like Home Alone, my kids actually it was funny as they, they they watched Home Alone for the first time last year yeah. when they were like uh, six and four. Mm-hmm. And one of my daughters like you jerk or whatever like you little jerk they said that we're like oh my god no we should uh-oh, yeah. <laughs> uh-oh. i'll give you to the count of 10 yeah <laughs> yeah and uh but uh, they love it they cackle like crazy and they've oh. watched every they've watched all of them they've watched like you know home alone 3 which yeah. is not even macaulay culkin it's his little brother yeah. um and then you know like home alone 2 with donald trump's in it it's like yeah yeah lost so. in new york that was actually sneaky good did you know random fact did you know hey, that curry the- the movie that he did, The Good Son, where he plays like this evil, demented child who does like all this fucked up shit. But that movie was a result of him doing Home Alone 1 and 2 because he didn't want to get typecast into playing these like really good, wholesome roles all the time. So he was like, I will do Home Alone 2, but you have to give me a, a movie where like I get to be like a little, a little fucked up. And they gave him The Good Son. Yeah, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's really good, by the way. It's, that movie is very underrated. Because he also got that, he also got that his one of his his start, I think, in that movie where he got killed by bees. Uh, my girl, Wait. my girl, my girl. Yep, that was it. Yeah. Sorry if I just like you know ruined that for y'all. <laughs> yeah, if, you, seen it. if you were if you ruined my girl for anybody, like hey, sorry that you know nineteen ninety two call. They want their fucking spoiler back. Yeah, he got killed by bees, dude. I'll tell you, <laughs> that was rough. It, it was, was rough. Yeah. It was pretty rough. He basically peaked when he was nine. So, anyways, all right, moving on. <laughs> all right, so there you go. Let us know. Um, we'll put our list out of all those, and and we'll get it at some point. But let us know what you think. What are your top three picks off of our list? Also, too, did we miss any others? I mean, there's so many to choose from. And I, I'm not going back to like it's a wonderful life. Like that's just 
Yeah. No, yeah. Let, let's calm down. Stop. If you start digging up movies from the 1930s to be like, oh, actually, Joey and Jeff, you may, hey, don't like save it. You know, just watch it by yourself on VHS or something. We don't want to hear it. Is um is Citizen Kane a Christmas movie? That's a good question. I don't think I've ever seen Citizen Kane. I'll be I honest. Think I've, I think I've seen it. I can't. I don't remember if I've seen it or if that was like a fever dream. You know, like the fever dreams. You know, like like did I watch that movie or did I just had a fever dream that you watched Citizen Kane? <laughs> I mean, think about it. Like, it doesn't sound like a fun movie to watch. I mean, especially as a kid. Like, why would I watch it as a kid? But I have memories of watching it. Was well, it a the, fever dream? Why, the why would I be watching? The first R-rated movie that I ever watched, my dad let me watch. Uh, I think it's Stephen King's The Dark Half, and I watched it when I was like real young. And to this day, I still have nightmares about it. Oh, man, like, really? It's like that one serial killer, and there's like a bunch of birds involved. And I don't remember. All I remember was being like, I am. I remember watching and just being like, I am way too young for this. <laughs> That's a good story. I yeah. uh, remember we'll, we we'll rented, we used to rent VCRs because we didn't have one and we'd rent it on the weekend and, and get movies. And I watched, I forget which one I watched, uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street, one of those. Nice. And I, I must have watched that. I rewatched that during, uh, during Halloween. And it freaked me out so much, but I really like loved Freddy Krueger. So I had a poster of Freddy Krueger that I got and I kept it over my bed. And one day it's it, your fucking fever dreams. <laughs> it, yeah. I'll never forget one day it fell like the you know, like the remember like the tacky you put up like the, the wall tack. Yeah. 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 Like the sticky stuff. And uh, it like, you know, after a while, just it fell on me. Like, oh, so God. as I was sleeping. <laughs> so Freddy Krueger. It's fucking falls on me as i'm, I'm like wah, wah, wah. it's like i was like 10 or something i was like oh my god it's happening <laughs> i woke up to that's fucking horrifying a nightmare on yorkshire in detroit right on the border gross point i can't believe oh your yeah. friend kruger poster fell on you that yeah, is good it's pretty good uh, all right so anyway let's move on to our three stars of the week we can roll through this because we are roll deep in the depths here but uh roll three stars it. of the week this is where you know we just we it's not anything to do with hockey sometimes it is but we pick our uh our our, our top three things from the past week that were just awesome so mm-hmm. um you'd see i started with the draft so you start you start with your number three I appreciate that. Winners go first because I won the draft. I will go first here. So my, my number three is I'm going to do a little bit of a pivot here. It's the Wednesday Adams dance from the show Wednesday on Netflix. I'm picking it because thank you to everyone on TikTok that are doing this dance and it's gone viral everywhere because thanks to you, I will never fucking watch this show. I was excited. I was excited for Wednesday. I love stuff like that. It was I was just really pumped up for it. I love the cast. I thought it was going to be fantastic. And then I see stuff like this, and I'm like, this is like some bubblegum teeny bop shit, and I want something dark. And I actually, before the whole dance went viral and everyone's doing it now, I went and I watched the first episode. And honestly, I was disappointed by it because I was, I was so pumped up for it, but I was like, Tim Burton's doing this. It's got a great cast. I'm thinking it's going to be like real dark. And I feel like I was watching like a Goosebumps TV show. Like I feel like R.L. Stein was really behind Wednesday. And it was kind of disappointing, man. So I don't know. I'm not going to watch it. So thank you to everyone for doing this stupid dance because I will not be. Are you trying to look at the dance right now? I know you've seen it. It's everywhere right now. I have so. not. I'm on TikTok every day and Dude, I never paid attention to this. It's like the number one thing everyone's doing, like the Wednesday, the Wednesday Adams dance. Anyway, in random story, Jeff, you'll appreciate this. Speaking of uh, random celebrity stories, I actually ran into and met 
Tim Burton and Helena Bonham no. Carter when I was in London. So that that was a really random, random. Really? Thing. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. Most, That's pretty most cool. Random, most random thing ever because I actually won a trip to London. So I was already there because I won a thing. And then on top of that, I'm at the what? London. I'm at the London Eye, which is like the most touristy thing you can do. The Ferris but wheel. The Ferris wheel. But I've never been there. So I was like, you know what? I have to fucking do this. I've never been here. Whatever. And I go there, and the first people I see, Tim Burton, Helena Bonham Carter, and then like a couple months later, they get divorced. So. I don't know. Maybe I'm like, good luck, Chuck, but the reverse. Dude, okay. Whoa, so much to unpack there. First of all, was their hair crazy? Like, like Dude, yes, it was. They had like the crazy wiry hair. They were both yeah. really short, and they also dressed exactly how you would think they would dress. Like, when They you have see, to. That's the brand. Them, there is no mistaking them for who, like, like oh, they, oh, is that somebody else? Maybe No, you fucking know it's them. Um, and it's funny because the girl I was dating at the time, I took her with me. And that's actually her favorite director. And uh, Helena Bonham Carter is her favorite actor slash actress, whatever. And um, she legitimately saw them and just started crying. <laughs> it was hilarious. No. Just starts crying. And uh, Helena Bonham Carter walks over and goes, oh, honey, it's okay. But then like, was also given the look like, please stop doing that because like, we're out with our family and we're trying to you know, not draw attention to ourselves. Oh, that, that's an awesome story. Wait, okay. So how did you win the trip? Oh, dude, it was crazy. So the, my, so long story short, my, I have a friend from college. It doesn't matter to, at this point. We're like two hours into yeah, it. I have a friend from college that I used to work with. He worked for this company called Viewster, which is like the international version of Netflix for like uh, indie films. And he was there and he was like, hey, we're doing this giveaway. You should enter it. I can't help you out, blah, 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 but you should enter it. Trip to London. I'm like, cool, whatever. He kind of like hooked it up to where he was like, oh, look, this guy's the winner. Then his work was like, hey, man, you can't help out with that, blah, blah, blah. You have to actually do like a real thing. So I had to watch and like review all these indie films to like get my name in a bucket. So they were like, he's like, hey, man, I have to let you know that we have to redo the contest. Like, yeah, man, I don't expect you to give me anything. Like, I'm just happy to like help you all out, do some reviews, go to your site, all that shit. So they redid the entire contest. And out of like X thousands of people, they literally drew my name a second time. And his boss was like, this is insane. But because like we did this legitimately like for whatever reason, this guy's meant to be in London. So the next thing I know I'm on a, I'm on a trip to London, stay at a fucking five-star hotel. They gave me like a thousand pounds to spend. I was followed by like a film crew the whole time. I went to like the Harry Potter experience, ate a bunch of food. I got wasted. I actually missed like the movie premiere thing I was supposed to go to. Cause I got drunk somewhere. Like, <laughs> so, did you wait, yeah. did you, is that on video somewhere? I'm sure it is. If you look it up. Yeah. What? Yeah, it was crazy. I've also done the same thing with South by Southwest. I won an all-access pass to South by Southwest. I was there with Mashable and Visa. It was crazy. How are you a prize I, pig? I've like no, I've I've literally entered like three contests my entire life. I just won two of them. Shit, dude. Yeah. I, I I party with uh, Sir Mix a lot in Austin for South by Southwest. I went to like this uh, the uh, movie premiere for the Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart movie, like Let's Go to Prison. And I went there. I was like hanging out with like Nick Kroll and shit. It was fucking random as hell. What? Yeah, I know. Dude, like we it's, just keep getting deeper into this like well of what I the know. hell? Anyways. What's yeah. next? Like, did you? I don't know. Were you like in Black Hawk Down too? Like, were you like? I don't know. Were you, were you like, like, where? No, the, like, did you kill Saddam Hussein? I, I was the Marine. I'm actually a Navy SEAL. I just haven't told anybody. No. So, the, so I will end it here. But I will say that the running joke that my family, my friend, everybody throughout my life that's known me for a period of time, the running joke about me is I either have the best luck or the worst luck. I'm never in between. Either something happens to me and it's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I hope you're going to be okay. 
you'll get through this, whatever. Or something happens to me. It's like, dude, are you serious? How did you just do that? How did you just whatever? And it's either really good or really bad. Like there's never, I'm an extremist, Jeff. I like that. I mean, that's kind of a cool MO. Yeah. I mean, I'm rolling with it. You know, it's kind of whatever. So anyways, Wednesday Adams, Tim Burton, met him in London. There you go. That's my third star. Wednesday Adams dance. This is where it comes from. Okay. That's just, <laughs> um, I'll keep mine quick. Uh, my third star is cleaning the garage. Wow. Not gonna meet Tim Burton in your garage. Dude, we clean the garage. Now here's the thing. There's aftermath because my wife and I spent Sunday. We, we like, I just like started cleaning the garage. I, I think I've been thinking about it for since the last time I did it a year ago. I'm like, I gotta clean this garage. It's so nasty. It's so much shit. We got kids stuff everywhere. We're going to clean it out. Although I will say we still have somehow fit our two cars in the garage the whole time. Like we have neighbors who don't park in the driveway or in, in their garage because they got stuff in the garage. What a waste of a garage. Right. So we've always kept it that way. We could always park the cars in there, but just just bad. So we cleaned it out. And that meant like sweeping like dust and just grass and stuff in there. So like, you know, obviously like with the pandemic, we have a million masks. We 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 should have worn them because like we're both like just – leaking just you know we just sucked in so much dust so we're both feeling like just nasty but we clean the garage so like it, it it's amazing to open that garage door and be like man look at that it's just so clean and organized it's awesome so my third star of the week was cleaning the garage taking like three hours to do that on sunday beautiful nice. weather and it just feels so damn good like i pulled into the garage like twice today just backed up pulled right back in because i felt oh, so man. good about you it just- pulled out and put it right back in there. You're just like, this feels so good. <laughs> big, big dad energy right there. Just like, just good, going good for you. It. That's yeah. awesome. All right. I'm going to go really quick here. My second star here is the world cup. Um, unbelievable world cup. I only got to watch a couple of the matches. Honestly, like I'm not the biggest soccer football fan, whatever you want to call it, but the world cup is always something that I tune into. I have to say the finale uh, Argentina versus France, Messi wow. versus Mbappe. That, no bullshit, might be the most exciting, entertaining, thrilling, you know, everything on the line game that I probably have ever watched across any sport in my entire life. And I say that because, like, there were just so many things on the line. It's like you have Messi and you have you know, his career and everything that he's done, but he's never been able to, to win the cup for his national team. You have Mbappe, who is this young phenom four years ago. Look what he did for France. Now he's back. Um, you know, they're down to nothing. He gets a fucking hat trick, just unbelievable game. Just two absolute like phenoms going back and forth on like the world's biggest stage. Um, and, and just an incredible game and just completely blown away. And I think because of the context and the circumstances around it, it might be the most thrilling thing I've ever seen in the, in the, in like in sports in my entire life. I mean, really, it was that incredible. My second star is also the world cup because I knew you would just sum it up perfectly. And I agree on all points. It was incredible. Like we, you know, we're a soccer family. Uh, we did not watch a lot of the World Cup. We, we watched the U.S. games, but, you know, my wife played soccer in high school. She lettered in soccer. She's really good at it still. My son, uh, he really loves soccer. He's really good at it. Um, he's actually got an indoor soccer camp for a couple hours tomorrow. Um, my One of my daughters and one of my twins just loves soccer. She scored, like, 
eight goals a game and so- like we love soccer like my other daughter charlotte she's a dancer she's not a soccer player actually you know she scored some, she scored two goals it's like her daughter just scored a game her, her you know my other daughter scored like 10 goals we love soccer is what i'm saying so we're we we're like let's turn this i think the the finals on let's turn it on you know we're always up early so we turn it on and everything started happening like crazy. It was like, oh my God. Well, my after like sitting there for a while, my wife was like, Well, you know, I'm gonna get up and go get some stuff done. I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna watch this game. This is incredible. And she she was she, you know, normally she'd give me some shit, like, you're a soccer fan now, huh? And I'm gonna be like, I would say, like, <laughs> yeah, but she didn't say that. She was like, All right, cool. So I she she got up, started mowing the lawn. I'm like watching this thing, going, like, this is incredible. I can't <laughs> believe what's going on. This is impopping. Like I ran and I actually ran out and I was like, you won't believe it. Uh, France scored. It's going to go to overtime. She's like, what? I gotta come see this. It's like, it's a shut up. It's, it's like a, it's a shootout. Like, so yeah. she ran in and watched it. Anyway, it was just insane. It, arguably, like you said, one of the greatest sports events of all time. It yeah. was so good. Yeah. I, that's it. It was the, it was the best. So uh, my first star of the week, it just goes to Christmas time. It's that time of year. I hope you and yours, Jeff, have a great Christmas. I'm excited to spend it in Boston. I'm excited for food. I'm excited, you know, to see people. Everyone's in a good mood. I'm excited for holiday drinks. I'm trying to make it to a uh, a local tiki bar tomorrow that also does a Christmas pop up. I've never actually been there, but I love tiki bars and I love hot and I love cocktail drinks. So you combine those. You combine those two things. I think I'm going to have a good time. So as long as I can wrap up everything tomorrow, I'm going to start. Uh, I'm gonna start partaking a little early good. and have me some uh some holiday drinks. But yeah, I'm excited for that, man. It's just you know, it's a good it's a good time. You know, the weather is colder, but we just gave y'all a list of great movies to watch and get in the mood for. But I'm just pumped, man. Like Christmas time, it's it's really hard to beat. Yep, it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped. Uh, same for me. First star hosting Christmas Christmas time. I'm excited to have family uh, come over and just enjoy that. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. We've got a, a Christmas tradition. We go to New Orleans with the kids. We go to church um, downtown, and then we go have dinner somewhere on, on Christmas Eve, and then we come back home and, and nice. presents and stuff. So we have, like, the formation of traditions, which are pretty awesome to kind of, like, start that's, our own that's thing. That's cool. That's really yeah, cool. It is pretty neat. And, um, you know, so I'm pro- totally pumped about that. There's just so many, you know, great things that, you know, we like, we got the kids presents, you know, all, all set up this year. Um, getting those Nintendo switches, Santa rumor is Santa's bringing Nintendo switches. Mm. Um, so Santa. yeah, Santa's been pretty good. Um, so anyway, like it's just all of that sort of stuff is just fantastic. It's going to be cold as hell here in Louisiana. Um, I already looked at the, uh, the forecast, like there's no precipitation, but, you know, it's going to be like 30 degrees. Um, so like, we'll have that sort of Christmassy feeling you'll be in Boston, but, um, anyway, just everything about, you know, Christmas going on, um, super fired up about it and, uh, very, very excited to enjoy that. So, uh, same to you listening to, you know, Merry Christmas to you or whatever you're celebrating. Happy holidays. Same to you, Joey. Um, you know, just, uh, just good time. So I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I'm ready for it, man. I'm ready. And I, I, I dude, I say this every year. I haven't done it for like two years. I gotta get an eggnog daiquiri, dude. I, I gotta get one. I never, I, I haven't got one either this year. And I'm like, who, who, who am I? I gotta get one. I gotta get one. I'm gonna get one. I need to. I, I, I love it, but I haven't had it in like two years. It's so yeah. good. I got well, New it. Orleans. There's a lot of people listening, and the majority of them are not in New Orleans. But obviously, the city has a big drinking culture. But eggnog daiquiris here are especially especially popular because like we're all about the daiquiri life like we have drive-through daiquiri uh, shops they're everywhere 
but I have not had an eggnog daiquiri this year. There's like a list that came out today where you can get like the, like it's like the 10, 10 to 15 best in the cities. So like there's options out there. We need to make it happen, man. We have to get our eggnog daiquiris. It's the, yep. it's the, it's the time of the year. Tis the yep. season. Got tis the season, dude. So, well, <laughs> Hey, thank you so much for listening. Um, don't really know what's going to happen next week with the podcast. We'll kind of figure that out. I, I don't know. Are we going to have a podcast episode next week? I'm not I sure. Know, we'll figure, yeah, we'll figure it out. I'll bring my stuff to Boston. We'll 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 figure it out. But we'll, per, we'll, Christmas and and all that is, is the priority first. All right. So um, have a safe trip. Um, you listening? Merry Christmas to you. Um, thank you so much, Nick Olchek. Shoot, that guy's awesome. Thank you to the Kraken fam. Thank you to the Kraken broadcast team. Proud to be part of the broadcast team now. Yeah, um, thank you for the honored. future Stanley Cup ring. Thank you for super that. Super honored. I feel like I can just kind of claim John Forslund's, you know, twenty something years of experience. I'll just say I have that now as an NHL broadcaster. Yeah. Just like I, I feel like we might have surpassed that. Honestly, I mean, you know, that's kind of where we're at now. I just Mentally. absorbed it. Yeah, I just absorbed all of his like superpowers. So like, this is awesome. <laughs> it's a great feeling to be on top of the world. So. Uh, but anyway, have an awesome, have an awesome week. Have a good Christmas. I hope Santa's good to you and, uh, y'all take it easy. Thanks for listening to us and, and, uh, give us a gift, leave us a review and let us know how we can help you out. But anyway, we'll leave you with that. Hope you enjoyed episode 57. It was a doozy. Have a great week. And we've got to leave you with a chirp of the week. This is where hockey players rip on each other, make fun of each other, talk trash to each other on the ice. And we somehow get a clip of it for you. So Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Enjoy your Kraken Pod chirp of the week. Get him, Terry! He hacked me! Yeah. Wanna fight? Oh. Are you kidding? Alright, alright, break it up, break it up. What is your problem? She's just a child. That's a girl? Pussy.